Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Kenneth Heisler. I'm Eric Trowbridge. I'm Kyle Dino Lord Poole. And I'm Rough Enough. And as you heard, we have a couple really good orc players joining us tonight to chat about the orc army. And this is something we were going to do at Masters, but, you know, it's all on me. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting to an age where... I can't stay up that late, and I have to get my sleep. I had all the best of intentions for us to record live. It would have been cool. We had the dynamic of being in person. But with all the other stuff going on with Masters, it just <laughs> it just didn't materialize. That was totally fine. I was pretty toast after four games in a row, and it's fine. We're doing it now. I'm happy. This is great. Good to be here. Let's go around the room, and uh, let's start with K2. Introduce yourself and uh, give us your orc bona fides. Well, my name is, uh, you might know me from Facebook as Kenneth Heisler. My nickname is K2 because I'm I'm Kenneth the Second. but you also may know me as Skullface from memes all over Kings of War online, um, different, uh, different outposts there. I've been playing orcs almost exclusively with like one exception since 2017 in Kings of War. Probably lost more high-level games of Kings of War with orcs than any <laughs> other player in the world. So uh, that's my that's my bona fides. Well, that chuckle you heard is the previous master himself, the orc master, Eric Trobridge. Eric, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Yeah, I mean that's how orcs go, right? You uh, you it's it's everything's against you you have only one tool and that's that you can smash face you uh move forward try to mitigate getting uh deleted and uh hope you can get to the grind and if you get to the grind the uh odds are in your favor but yeah you uh tend to you always remember the losses right so yeah i would i would contest that maybe uh i have lost just as many games as k2 Last but not least let's bring in the the Mr. Kyle Poole. Kyle welcome to the show. Thanks Rob. It's good to, good to be back. So unlike Eric and uh, K2, uh, sage and forefathers of the orcs, their metas in all things big and green, uh, I like to think of myself as the uh, sort of the aggressive offensive coach in the background, absolutely pummeling awkward ideas for orcs and helping Eric create the meta. I play orcs as well, just not notably or good. I'm in the background of Eric's corner coaching on and cheering on and sort of helping design ideas and metas so that uh, after I'm done pummeling Eric into the ground, he can go and pummel other people and go 6-0 and all the time. <laughs> Kyle regularly takes me out to the woodshed with uh, whatever list he, he cooks up. It's pretty great. Well, what's interesting is, Eric, when you were talking, you actually stumbled onto one of the first questions we got was from Chris Thomas. And he says, I've not played against orcs or spent much time reading their profiles. Are there appreciably different playstyles or variations on face smash tactic of running forward and hitting? So I guess that's an open question to you guys. You know, we're going to get into the nitty gritty here, but is there a different style? Is there more than one way to play orcs? For me, I think there's there's three there's three ways to play orcs, and not all three are necessarily have have a competitive stripe, right? So you can try. There's a viable. There's some viable alpha strike builds which can rely on chariots, gores, flyers, and skulks for chaff or fast chaff because they can they can scout, right? There's also a caster heavy 
rebuild where you try to just bulk heal your way through the damage that comes your way. And then there's the third style, which is, I think, relying on overwhelming wounds at a point to delete your enemy. Usually those builds rely on uh, fast individuals for chaff, winning the chaff game, trying to delete units. And you need infantry to do that convincingly, in my opinion. And you can do it with Alpha Strike, but anyway, so those are the three those are the three main ways of playing orcs, I think. What do you think, K two? Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the of the like you said, like the the, the kill option, the third option. You know, you, you got this you stack the odds in your favor, you got the skull poles and I learned at best of the rest, like you take skull poles on everything. You more often than not, miss not having that one use brutal on almost any of your units. But I've seen seen lists with the with the fight wagons, fight wagon heavy and Morax troop, and you know just like different flavors. But I mean, most all of them like smash. Like there's not like a shooty list. Like I haven't really seen like a skulk list that relied on that. I mean, that's I you know that that would make me sad almost. You know like. Three giants, right? Uh, Britain took that, and he did well at Masters, and he had, you know, a real hodgepodge of units. So, but for me, I, I like, I like having the, uh, you know, the, the combat and the, and most recently the infantry. We got a question from Mode Gaddafi. He asked, "Is is a skull themed list viable?" And K two, it sounds like no. For you, that's not a possibility. My opinions on Skulks have long been documented that I'm a I'm a thumbs down like all the way around. I I mean now now they're slower than they used to be. Used to be able to get that real um, fast uh, you know possible like turn one charge uh, when they were speed six and they're speed five again. They've got short bows and their defense three and melee five. Like that's not an orc to me. I'll counter Rob with a caveat: the uh, the mounted Skulks. The Skulk Outriders, there's, in my opinion, there's a lot of value there. If you look, if you look at other mounted cav, like mounted archer cav, like goblin sniffs or human, like mounted scouts, you've got a speed eight, nimble, short bow platform with crushing one, not thunderous, crushing. And most of the other shooters like sniffs and stuff don't even have it. Um, there's, there's value there. But when you compare the value of, say, taking a list of all Skulk, Skulk Outriders, you got to ask yourself, well, for two troops, you know, I, I could have had a great axe. Like you, you run into a window where the, the conversation doesn't make sense anymore. So there, yeah, I mean, there's you there, but it, I don't see a 2000 point Skulk list being anything more than a whole lot of fun. True. It would be fun. I'm, I'm working on Skulk Outriders like in the background. So I'm going to play around with a couple of troops of those coming up um I, I tried them out some they are they are definitely useful and handy especially where you got to jump on a token or you know get to something fast um useful and pinch. they've done a lot for me in my practice games taken between like two and four because they're just hammery enough that they sort of win the chaff game because they soften up the enemy chaff with their bows mediocrely at best but then they charge in, and they, they don't suck in melee compared to other armies. Compared to orcs, they're horrible. Compared to other armies, they're great. So I've, I've found them really effective chaff clears, and you know I'm pretty adamant. Eric's been on the record a lot about third edition is he who wins the chaff probably wins the game, and I think Skulk Outriders do that. I think Skulk Infantry uh, lose the chaff game from deployment. 
unless you're doing alpha. See, I kind of feel like the opposite is true. I feel like the outriders are just so expensive that you need you almost need a uh, that they're going to get one shot. What are they? Nine eleven. Defense four or three? They're 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 ten twelve, but they are defense three, which really that's sucks. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of points for something that's probably going to get one shot or lightning bolted off the off the table. I'd rather take my chances with the foot skulks because they're going to get that extra ten inches, uh, that extra ten inches immediately, and that's what you're paying for, right? Because you need something that can get up up the field and contest the center on you know on turn one, right? Um, I still feel like the foot skulks do a better job of that, but they're also, you know, really expensive. You know, we don't have a ton of orcs don't have a ton of options for uh, chaff that can test the center early in the game. And uh, that's a it's it's a shame. But we make do. No worries. Yeah, we make do. We've got the Orklings and I've previous like four best of the rest last year or it was was that last year? That was last year, right? Uh, I was running a lot of Morax troops, and I thought that was a lot of fun. And those are about the same price as that Skulk Marauder or Skulk, Skulk Outrider. It's 10 points more, but they're like, I don't know. I, I found amazing results sometimes. They're, they're just sucker punchers. Those guys will win the chaff battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on your side. My entire orc army, for those who have not seen it, which is probably all of you since I play it only in secret, the only models I have are Morax and Skulk Outriders. I have like 2,500 points, and it's about halfway painted now, but it's all just Morax yeah. and Skulk Outriders and then the heroes. But there, there is no line infantry. It's just Berserkers. Yep. And it's just, I bet you you just send them in waves, right? I mean, you, you can't waver them. You can't stop them. I, I had like a brick, almost like a formation setup of six troops of Morax and like in, in such a way that they couldn't be flanked. It was hard to get by them. And it was, you know, you double charge them, triple charge them. So much fun. The, so the 15 attacks too like they're they're so offensively efficient for for what you're what yeah. you're looking at i mean they can lay it down there's there's a you bunch of there's a bunch of units like that in third edition and i i've always kind of like i think the the morax troop they talk about like that medium chaff that thick chaff like i don't know it might be the best one there's others that are close but i think i think they're one of the better like troop choices that kind in of the, fill that spot I know we're, we're jumping ahead of Rob's schedule, but in the orc list, I like the Morax because they're the unit that can be impacted by the most buffs. So all heavy infantry get rally from the war drums. All heavy infantry get wild charge one from uh, the bloody banner. Morax also have access to thunderous one from the man splitter who is cool in his own right. So you have this unit that can be really heavily buffed with some synergy for relatively cheap even if you just want to take a wing right like you talked about like two troops two regiments or three troops three regiments unlocks a war drum a banner and a thunderous charge aura and that's an absolutely horrendously terrifying wing for like a thousand points yeah it gets real scary let's get in and just chat a little bit about the background who wants to throw their uh, opinion out there in terms of you know an overview of orcs in the world of panathor k2 that's you buddy no man i was gonna say hard pass hard pass well like so uh, you know i i respect everything that um people are doing like you know mike rossi and our regions like you know he's he's working on a novel right now as we speak and i and 
the war kings in the northeast we like we totally make up our own background and our own fluff and well give us your give, give it to us that's what i want to hear <laughs> oh you want to hear so here's the deal all right so Skullface. this was back in the edge of the abyss campaign and i'll make this short because i think i've you know told this story a couple of times you know edge of the abyss uh with the experience table where you could kind of get like buffs like my crudger on gore became so unbelievably better than gakamak was like he he had all these extra buffs he had extra leadership or whatever and and he was running a total riot you know amok all over our games at our club and one day he died um, and I rolled a one on the injury table or whatever. And so he was like dead, dead. And, um, and I was like, so bummed out. And, uh, I, I made like this sort of like three days of memes of like the, the death and, uh, resurrection of Skullface. So what happened was Skullface died, went to hell, conquered hell. And on the third day came back and now he's this immortal. So he has like his own elevator back and forth from the abyss back to <laughs> earth you know and so it goes so because of that because orcs are always fighting for dominance like you know always getting in fist fights like the old animosity or whatever since that is no longer a factor where Skullface always comes back meaner and badder orc town you know my my realm went through a huge renaissance so orc town is like the most progressive and uh, futuristic place in working landia because without that leadership struggle constantly happening the orcs just flourished so um you know fine art and and uh you know transportation public tra- it's all it's all in orc town nowhere else and that's because skullface is immortal <laughs> i love it you know i think orcs in the world of panthor i don't think they really stand out from many other orcs right like it's just they're brutally savage race that wants to kill things right that's absolutely no different than any other any other like uh fantasy realm right like the orcs always get short shrift when it comes to anything like you want to talk about like lord of the rings it's like oh well we need a bad guy so it's just it's the orcs you know and it was the same thing in in you know in that other game that we used to play back in the day it's just like uh, they're always and i think that's kind of what uh, attracted me to him in the in the first place is the fact that nobody gives him any due right there's no there's no nothing special about him they're just like the green bad guy other and it's it's fun to just run like the legions and legions of infantry you know ravening the hordes running over the hill that are gonna uh kill you or die trying you know that's what's always fascinated or or kind of held my captured my attention on the orcs and that's why orcs are awesome i agree 100 percent. the the lore for my goblins is deep and rich and exciting the lore for my orcs is the goblin commander needed somebody who wasn't afraid to be a berserker and charge first into all the things he didn't want to fight so that's why my whole orc army is just berserkers it's like they're big they're mean there's a lot of lore at least in panathor they do sail right orcs are a big part of the uh, armada game so yes they are i know uh kyle you're a big fan of the orcs and ram- ramming boats. 720 points for my fleet, plus a matching Kraken. And two sea giants that don't have rules yet, but damn it, I'm trying. That's super cool. Here's a question from Aaron and Kingman. Why is it that orcs are so few and far between? I think he means in terms of players. Uh, do people still think they are subpar, like in second edition? Maybe that's a good opening for you guys to give your thoughts on where you think orcs fall in the range of competitiveness in the the, the greater meta. I I well, asked Eric at I'll, Masters. I said, "How many how many mirror matches have you had?" 
And I, I think he said none, right? Have you ever played against orcs with your orcs, Eric? Yeah, I've, I've never played against orcs. Uh, even with, even with other armies, I've never played against orcs. Actually, that's not true. My buddy Roger, I played against his. Uh, but we've played we played a bunch of games. But yeah, he and he's an orc player from from. But I mean, that's the thing about orcs is that they're really hard. You've got these big bases that you have to move around. Everybody's always multi charging you. You don't have a toolkit really. Like you don't have any shooting to speak of. You're missing a lot of. There's a lot of like you know good. We don't have a a 50 mil offensive monster. There's a lot of things we don't have surge. You know, there's a lot of things that we're missing from the toolkit. And uh, and I think we're just like generic army for other people to tee up on. And uh, I think that discourages a lot of a lot of players when you're trying to when you're trying to get the hang of them, because you, you do. You have to you have to lose 100 games before you can start to understand what you need to do, or at least, you know, at least I do. I'm a slow learner. Maybe it came quicker uh, for you guys. Oh, I'm, I'm a slow learner. I've, I've played two mirror matches ever. One against uh, Matthew Vermeeren from Canada, and I won that one. And then I played, um, it was a Hayes Now last game of Masters, and he beat me, Ryan from Reno. And, yeah, I, I don't know. So the closest other Orc player to me that plays in tournaments is in Hamilton, Ontario, and I'm in Massachusetts. Do <laughs> you think the less amount of players, do you think it's, the army is that difficult to pilot and, 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 or do you think there's just other easier, more fancy armies that, that are, that are catching the attention of the players? And then that's why we don't see as many orc players. I think it's both Rob, because for anyone who who's interested, if you want to beat Eric Burbridge's orcs, you take beasts of nature with wings. There's just some really stable exploits that are tough to manage and tough to practice and, and tough to understand. And orcs have the toolkits, but like we talked about earlier, there's one piece. And then if you look at, an army and you say, okay, well, I want to go forward and I want to smash face. Man, I can paint a quarter of the models and play ogres and do very similar things with really tight, efficient footprints and these these awesome units that I can corkscrew with and all, all sorts of pieces that a uh, axe horde ain't doing that. And then you look at it and you say, well, I want to play alpha. Well, man, there's some really nice Beringer armies and Northern Alliance armies that hit a hell of a lot harder than an orc chariot. So it's orcs in this weird spot of they're really, really good at smashing face and staying alive. They're just not the best face smashers and they're not the best stayer alivers. I, I think they fall in this weird category of everyone's also seen orcs. So they're not as sexy as the new shinies. That's my take on it. You bring up a really interesting point, you know, which is that, you know, Eric mentioned, you guys got these heavy infantry, giant bases, right? And so the pressure you can exert per square inch is much is much lower, right? Because you've got these wide facings where when you compare it to ogres who have the same sort of thing, hitting on threes, crushing strength one, in a horde formation that's only 120 wide, you know, and, and you mentioned it, Kyle, it's a lot less miles to paint, which doesn't hurt either. There's a lot of negatives, but let's flip it around. If this army is so hard to pilot uh, and we don't see very many players play it, why do you guys play it? What's motivating you to play orcs? It's, it's super fun. Have you ever just thought to yourself, I'm going to roll a whole bunch of dice and go in a straight line? That's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I don't know if I would call that fun, but okay, sure. Insert tactics like run, run, running, running my army into a brick wall and breaking through it. Yeah, the goblin stuff is exhausting to play. You put eighteen Morax units on the table and drink some beer, and then at the end of the game, either you won or you lost. There's nothing I enjoy more than than taking my big 
great axe horde and, and smacking the pretty out of like all those fancy, you know, uh, shiny units that other armies have. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just got, I can't quit them. I can't quit them. And I, and I yeah. find painting orc infantry about the most satisfying, you know, ha- that's my happy place is painting axe and more axe and great axe over and over and over again. So, but you know, I, I might be, <laughs> I might be a little tapped, you know, but I don't know. I don't see the problem. I don't see the problem. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that for sure. There's nothing more satisfying than one shotting some 1416 cavalry off the board. Oh, oh, you hit me? Did did you hit me? Yeah. Let me let me show you what a real hit feels like. Um, it's incredibly satisfying. The other thing that's awesome about orcs is that they're they're so honest, right? Like when you play somebody like with orcs, they're not mad at you, right? Because you, if you beat them or you're doing well, like they know what's coming. There's no tricks. There's no. It's just solid play and. Uh, solid play and fisticuffs and nobody's ever ever got their nose out of joint because they got shot off the table by an by an orc list right it's like say what you want it's like i you know i walked across the table i punched you in the face and you saw me coming like it's hard to it's hard to feel bad about that if you're the opponent or two turns you saw him coming (laughs) (laughs) exactly daniel king asked why are orcs awesome and i think eric you that's your answer right Oh, for sure. It, I mean, because it really does. Your opponents always, you know, it's the it's like the set piece. Like they know what's coming, and it's going to be like, okay, well, here's here's my plan. Can you can you beat my plan? You know. So everybody likes playing against orcs. Plus, like, I, yeah, I, I do think you you do have like an intimidating presence at the table, and that that's something that's lost on. You know, I don't know playing on like I've tried Universal Battle a little bit. You know, I I did play Keith. Conroy once on Universal Battle, right, amongst his many, many games. But, uh, you know, you're, you're, the way you carry yourself and the way you play your giant orc army, that's a factor in your strategy, too. You know, you got to be a good sports, obviously, but intimidation is part of the orc game plan. And that's what I was going to bring up before I tried to interrupt you, K2, is uh, <laughs> once, uh, once an orc player deploys his army, if you know Kings of War, like, to a reasonable level, you can pretty much look at the table and go, all right, well, that's how the orc player is going to play. <laughs> Spawn. Like the, the orc army is not, I would say, for the most part, is not an adaptive army. The orc army is saying, I got a game plan. This horde is pointing here. This is pointing here. And this is pointing here. Uh, you figure out how to deal with it. And if they figure out how to deal with it, well, the orc player usually loses. If they don't figure out how to deal with it, the orc player usually wins. And I've probably played against more orc armies than anybody else in the, probably in the whole community. Uh, mostly just variants of Eric's, but I've got a lot of reps against orcs and it always feels like, all right, he's going to do that. Now, what do I do? So it puts you on the clock, not the other way around. So I love that part as an orc player, just saying, I, here's what I'm doing. You figure it out. So guys, let's describe to the, uh, the listeners what models you're using in your army. Well, I, I've got, I've got a bog standard kind of shameful GW army from like six edition on up. So I've got like kind of the, I don't know, the recently discontinued orcs, right? The GW had. And the reason why, and I have a lot of mantic orcs that I, I kind of, I, I, I put them together, I paint them or whatever, but they do, 
you know, unfortunately, they don't match what I already have, like, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 points of painted. You know, they're just a little scrawnier. But any all-mantic army that I see that's done up with orcs, like, I'm intensely jealous of. But, yeah, so I've, I've got, you know, like, every orphaned orc army within 100 miles of me in my garage right now. And that's what I, that's my, you know, my model base. Like, that's what I use. And I, I don't know, I've got some that are like dipped in a giant jar of gloss varnish that I kind of rehabilitate. And um, that's, that's another factor, an unsung, you know, part of Orc Town is, is uh, you know, my first army rescue. And uh, we, we do a lot of Orc restoration <laughs> with all these hand-me-down Orcs that I got. So all of them are, are you know, shamefully so GW. So... Uh, okay. A lot of my a lot of my are from like the starter set with like the two guys with arms in the in the air and then a lot of variation of the old orc boy kit and uh, my great axe are are black orcs with the two handed weapons. Awesome, Kyle. Same question to you. I know you're in the process of building an orc army. What are you using? My whole army is the new AOS Savage Orcs that or or Orcs or Orooks. I'm building it in a way that I do have weapon and shield for a regular axe spear for a long axe or spear and shield for long axe and two weapons for more axe. I never intend on running them that way, but the, the models are built. But the whole reason I chose that model line over say 3d printing or mantic is my orcs work directly with my goblins and all the aurochs literally wear scaled leather tunics and have scale fabric decorations like with scales on them. So the aurochs quite literally wear dinosaur skin and are savage berserkers. So the, the lore wrote itself for that army line and they're beautiful models, but it's, it's exclusively the lore wrote itself when I was walking through the hobby store and I decided to buy a uh, 120 uh, orc boys. If I was to do one now, I'd probably use the new cruel boys that just came out for AOS, the new edition. Super and didn't exist when I started. Poor timing. Poor timing. Eric, same question to you. What what model range are you using? Yeah, the 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 GW orcs have always had personality to spare, and I think that's part of why I started painting them back in the eighties. I'm I'm a gentleman of a certain age, and I uh, started painting Marauder orcs in the eighties. Loved them. Loved painting them when I was fourteen, and I still hunt eBay to try to find the old Marauder orc infantry because I just love them so much. And uh, yeah, so my army is primarily those. I do have semantic orcs, and they do see the table occasionally for large games when I play large games. Um, I've got a couple of a couple of regiments of uh, mantic axe that I use, and all my slashers are are. Uh, are are mantic as well i like think that kid is really good uh so yeah it's uh i'm i'm mostly old school gw led um but uh with a few mantic uh models here and there those dusty orcs in eric's basement he he made the mistake of putting them on a bookshelf where i could see them and they're the only reason that he and me started playing king's war at all was I thought it was a shame that they weren't getting used, and I tricked him. So there's an old video on YouTube. It was like the first Warhammer video I think I've ever seen. It's from like 2006. It's called The War Painter. Have you guys ever seen this? It's it's a guy who passionately likes his orcs and paints his orcs. <laughs> like, he is, I mean, he, honestly, he'll give K2 a run for his money in terms of passion. <laughs> I'll have to give you guys a link I, if you guys haven't. I seen gotta, it. I gotta look him up. I know, you know, like getting the getting the skin right on an orc, like 
I don't know. Every time I paint an orc, it's slightly different, and it still gets rated the same on paint score, you know, no matter what I do. But I don't know. It, like, even though it's the same model and over and over again, I, I look to try and improve one, one at a time. So I'll look him up. Well, let's jump into the to, to the orc army list. People have been waiting to hear you guys pontificating about how great these things are, and let's get into some of this stuff. Let's start with the army special upgrade, which is the Orcus Skull Prole. Uh, once per game, before a unit's roll to damage in melee, you may choose to give the unit the brutal special rule for the remainder of the turn. The unit's orcish skull pull is then destroyed and cannot be used again for the remainder of the game. What, five points for the units that can take it? Is that right? Five five points? Or is there, five is there points, other, yeah. Is, is this a no-brainer for you guys, or do you not take it? What's your thought on this army special upgrade? Absolute no-brainer. Take it. Take it on every horde, infantry, or regiment infantry regiment you can it's also a maybe on crudgers you know if you have five points to burn uh it's not a not a bad call to throw a skull pole on a on a on a character crudger because you can also give it to those guys where does this army special upgrade where does that rank in terms of 28 armies is it like middle of the pack is it better than some not as good as others where do you guys kind of see that that army special upgrade falling probably number one for me maybe number two next to throwing dogs it's yeah (laughs) I'll tell you, for five points, uh, that don't suck. There's no way around it. It's very complimentary for the army, right? You're going to get into fights. Brutal is an extra wound, right? Like, it's a thing. And you're probably only going to have one key battle, probably. You might get into two, but, you know, you're definitely going to have one. Have you guys ever had a situation where you didn't get to use them? Yeah, you, you, you know, I mean, you, you might get a unit shot off the board. That will happen. But not only does it like help you kill stuff, but even like long shot waivers on uh, like horde against horde or something like that. You know, last last year, best of the rest, I didn't take them. Right. And then I look over and Eric's got them on everything. You know, he's got them on, on his gun, his crudgers and everything. So I said, you know what? And then the rest of the weekend, I was missing nerves, waivers, kills by one. You know, like all weekend. And then after that, I take them on absolutely everything. And if if I'm running Skullface on foot, like I try and get him one because Skullface is brutal by nature. And yeah, it, it is five points usually well spent. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather spend the money or the points on the skull pole than like the dread drum, which we'll get to later. But um, I just like its utility. It's really, really useful. We should also mention orcs are evil alignment, which makes perfect sense. So, I mean, I, I don't know how they could be anything but evil, right? You know, walk down Main Street of Orktown. I mean, tell me what evil is. I don't know. <laughs> it's all about perception, right? Yeah. It depends on which side of the fence you're on. <laughs> this is Skullface. I'm the Great Con. And this is Rico Radisquico. And we're the War Kings, and you're listening to countercharge. Yeah. So let's get into some heavy infantry. We'll start with the axe heavy infantry units. Uh, speed five, melee four, defense five. Comes in troop, regiment, horde, and legion. You know, unit strength one, three, four, five. Attacks 10, 12, 25, and 30. Nerve 9, 11, 13, 15, 20, 22, and 26, 28 with a cost of 85, 130, 215, 310. They're high two, obviously, because they're infantry and they got crushing strength one and they can get the orchid scroll pull for five points. So Axe, I guess this is kind of your main line. I mean, it's 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 kind of like your vanilla unit, right? It's not special, right? This is just the, the main line orc unit. Yeah, it's it's the baseline. 
so the core of my army in second ed was was axe hordes. Uh, they were two o five at the time, and they were a deep nerve pool that you could buff with the war drum. Uh, and I ran a caster heavy approach. If you're trying to stay alive, they're an excellent candidate for big caster builds. Um, in third, I tend to like the regiment most of all, um, just in kind of a little MSU approach. It's not super overcosted. Um, which is good, but in thirds a lot bloodier than than second was like in melee. Like stuff hits harder, stuff dies quicker, and uh, the axe words uh, no no uh, no departure from that. Like they they tend to disappear a lot quicker in third than than they than they did in second. Um, I don't run them too much, although for big games I'll usually have uh, a couple of. Uh, regiments of axe as a unit strength play in a second line, just something to sit on that objective and be hard to shift. Yeah, I think that's a really good use for them. Is I've, and that's where I've seen them, you know, in lists. And the Reno player I played, like he had two regiments, and I mean, I I killed them pretty fast. You know, they they are stuff for like second line, and I think the regiment in third is better than the horde in second before. Clash of Kings 19, where we got like the ancient slashers and stuff. I was running, you know, two hordes of axe and as many god speakers pumping, you know, heal and uh, drain life. But since thirds come along, um, I haven't really used them that much. And I, I think the, the melee four, I've just tried to eliminate as much melee four in my army as I can. Very swingy. Yeah. yeah. So it's not it's just awful. that. It's that the, it, the six wounds that you're going to do with an axe horde against defense five does not amount to anything, right? If you do six yeah. wounds plus one for the skull pole and you're fighting a 15-17 horde of ogres, you're going to need an eight to waver them. They're still going to punch you back, and you can't have them punching you back. So the uh, axe kind of in third, the axe horde at least, is kind of a, a unit without a place. It's not really a hammer, and it's not really an anvil anymore. So I'll cover the troop and the legion, having played with both of those. So I'll start with the legion. The main draw of the legion is with a war drum, right? You got 30 nerve in a single unit, but it's 310 points. And uh, if you want 30 nerve for 260 points, you can take two regiments, have the same. Actually, you have more unit strength. And I would say two regiments, you know, that's that's more durable in my mind than one legion because you can spread it out. You can set the wounds. You can play two objectives instead of one. Um, so the legion for me just doesn't have a place in third when you can buy two regiments, tie the nerve without the war drum, have more unit strength. And then you look at the look at the troop. Um, the troops are really interesting. It's 85 points. I mean, that's cheap defense five chaff. They're nine eleven. They're not horrible in melee for chaff, right? Your defense five, melee four, crushing strength one. Uh, the downside of nine eleven defense five chaff. They love to take just enough wounds to get wavered and if you have something wavered in the way of something expensive uh that's not good chaff that's your opponent's favorite chaff so they Amen. don't die quick enough and they don't kill quick enough to be chaff so i i don't really see axe troops and axe legions can be fun if you're playing around and you're doing like a five thousand point game but on a on a competitive standpoint two regiments outperform a legion i think in in all the metrics except like one wound so yeah yeah, I one one quick plug for the legion. One legion, not so good. Two legions looks really cool. So two <laughs> legions looks cool. Excellent, excellent yeah. point. So young axe, exactly like axe, except for 
their defense four, and they don't have the troop or the legion option. I'm guessing all the negatives that you said about Axe apply here, I, I assume. Because if you were taking Axe because of the defense five, what would be the reason to take young Axe? I mean, I, I again, like, I think they're kind of here to help us unlock stuff a little easier because getting the unlocks was always a problem and second, or at least it was for me. So I think they kind of gave us young Axe um, because they made, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like a cheap unlock for that regiment. Um, and I, I have seen, um, in lists people use like regiments of them, um, you know, to unlock stuff, especially when you're trying to play, uh, fight wagons and stuff like that, that are real, you know, nice unit, but irregular. Um, but, uh, in my list, I haven't, I haven't really used them. Yeah, that's exactly right. The 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 young axe are are a sweet sweet unlock unit to unlock. They're really you know really cheap. Um, what are they? A hundred and ten points for a regiment. One fifteen. One fifteen for a regiment. Yeah, you can. Yeah, and I mean honestly, a hundred and ninety for a horde. That's a pretty cheap uh, pile of, of nerve. That's uh, you know that's hard to shift, and you know it still punches the same as an axe horde. So I, I actually think that. Young acts are in a in a in a kind of playable place. I haven't really looked for a list to exploit them, but I think they're interesting because we're definitely looking for unlocks. We really struggle to unlock uh, heroes, crushers, crushers, god speakers. Yeah, uh, and that, stuff that, like that. That 190 point horde again. Like I think the reason why they're here, right, is that I mean 190 points. That was a troll horde, all second, and you know and. Yonax will help you boost the God Speaker now that the trolls won't. So, anyways, but yeah, I think they're actually. Uh, I would take Yonax over Axe uh, these days. I like the Yonax Regiment. Uh, the Horde, I'm sort of torn on, right? Because if you're trying for Horde unlocks, I mean, have you tried Great Axe? When I look at the Yonax Regiment, it's cheap, right? You save 15 points, which isn't a lot for defense five. But if you look at the things in the game that are going to one shot a Yonax Horde, and are going to one-shot, or sorry, a Young Axe Regiment, rather, and an Axe Regiment, it doesn't take that much more juice to kill a Defense 5 Regiment than a Defense 4 Regiment. I mean, sure, like, chip shooting and stuff adds up. If you're bringing in something that's going to one-shot a 13-15 Defense 4, you've got a damn good chance of wavering, if not killing outright anyways, a 13-15 Defense 5. And this is me coming from a Goblin viewpoint. If you're going to kill it, you're going to kill it. I might as well go cheap. Um, okay, well, these, this is one of the ace units of the army list. Um, these are the Sucker Punchers. Morax, heavy infantry, melee 3+, plus. that is a crucial thing. Speed 5, wild charge D3, which will keep everybody 13 inches away from you. Uh, defense 4, uh, at a troop, they're dash 11, but you have to remember, when they're by a drum, that troop is dash 13, fearless 13, a regiment is dash 15, 15 attacks on the troop, 20 attacks on the regiment. They can both um, be equipped with skull poles for five points, 115 points for the troop, and 175 for the regiment. And, and you should just make that 120 points with the skull pole and 180 with the regiment for the skull, you know. You're always taking the skull pole. Is there any other Berserker units in the game that have this kind of output, Fearless? 
that are not defense. I mean, that are defense four. Yeah, most of them are defense oh, three, and that's I, I keep stumbling on other berserkers, and I'm like, are you better than Morax? And there's like pluses and minuses, but like I think it's one of the better ones in the game for sure. Yeah, I love them. If you're in a game, if you bring these guys to a game and you strike first with them, you have a really good chance to win that game. Yeah, or at least win that side of the table that they're on. Um, the, the, the list that, uh, I took to the masters this year had three regiments of Morax in them and, and a bunch of chaff and you just try to get in and, and hit first. Cause if you're hitting first, you're probably winning. Yeah. And I, I took four regiments. All right. They're, there you go. They're really, they're really <laughs> how good. many did, how many did your uh, boy from Reno take? Uh, so actually he, he also took them and he took the, the man splitter which kept oh, nice. like surprising me because I, I really like the man splitter. We'll get to him. I wish he inspired other Morax or other berserkers. Right. Uh, the regiment, right? Like, man, if you if you if you combine charge with a regiment of Morax and um, uh, and a and a crudger, even on foot or just anything, like, man, that you got a good chance of like wavering something if they swing really good. Yeah, you're gonna you. You nine, can they can punch wounds. way above their weight, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nine wounds plus the skull pole on average with a a crudger plus a, a morax. Yeah. Regiment. See, Eric's got all the math down. I just go by like you know the mojo of the universe. I just know like I'm sending that in. It's gonna it they they just do so much work. And part of it is the melee three. Um, if you bane chant them with like Alpgar, it's beautiful. And the troops. What I love about the troops is the 15 attacks, like people don't expect a troop to to waver your regiment or to kill your regiment. I mean, and sometimes they do. And you send them out to occupy the center of the field. You get top of turn one and you send out a line of troops of Morax, just, you know, control the center. And then like, you know, they, they have to think like, am I staying 13 inches away from this troop of infantry? And sometimes they should because a Morax troop will totally blindside you if you're if you're not careful. I think they're my favorite unit in the list, so I, me, I can't uh, speak enough good about them. Let me, yeah. Let me piggyback all that all that beautiful deliciousness, all the all the sexy thickness that they have. My actually uh, orc list for for Morax, not including all the the bullshit cavalry that aren't really valuable right we all know you only play orcs for the morax uh for your brain space listeners six troops with a skull pole six regiments with a skull pole is six unlocks and it comes in at 1800 points on the nose meaning for the standard 2300 american game you have 500 points to spend on your six remaining unlocks I, I love it. I love it, Kyle. I've I've done that list, and I've man, we must like all share the same wavelength or something, because I've I've played that list, and it's it's intimidating, you know. Like it is so much, it is so much reckless hate <laughs> on your side of the a table. A lot of there. flanks with these troops when you're six wide. They're they're always sneaking into flanks, and all of a sudden, always. a night horde always. is uh, right. thirty attacks in the flank is a bad. Bad day for any unit in the game. Yeah, your your average elite opponent list that comes and charges any of those troops is getting get is is going to get surprised with like two flank charges that he didn't really notice. You know, like it, there's no good way to charge that line. I like it. It's a good one, Kyle. What's the counter to Morax before we move on? Because there 
they're an ace unit, but Kings of War always has an answer, right? What's the what's the answer? Fireball. Fireball. <laughs> shoot just shoot the crap out of them, right? Or yeah, or it's, it's, it's real generic. It's called fireball. It's called lightning bolt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bo, yeah. Bo, Bowman Bowman are no fun also. Like any yeah. kind of any kind of crappy shooting. Because they those guys they pick up wounds easy and the next thing you know they're, you know, not on the table anymore. So it, it's a real shame that we're talking about your list, Kyle, because that that list will do great for like a couple of tournaments. We'll we'll get to the heroes later, but with the with the extra speed and the thunderous charge, the sage and wisdom of if you're getting shot, go fast first is a valid strategy. Yeah, more gas. Long axe, heavy infantry like the others, so they got the nice big footprint. All the bonuses apply. Speed five, melee four up, uh, defense five. Uh, they come in troop regiment and horde flavors. Uh, they have the extra attacks like all polearm phalanx units do. Crushing strength one and phalanx, uh, skull pull for the dr- uh, troops are 12 attacks, 911 nerve, 100 points, which is a neat little spot. Regiments with 15 attacks, unit strength three, 155. And the horde, unit strength four, 30 attacks, 2022 for 255. So I, I think the long axe are a, a neat unit profile in the regiment position. I think the troops are, why are you taking a troop of long axe? And for 255 points, uh, Eric's going to talk about a better option here in a minute. But you put a regiment of long axe in the woods, they're going to hold that token for a long ass time. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I tried taking a horde with like an item, you know, I, and I, I think, you know, I think I've tried to put elite on long axe horde. And, you know, again, I've just totally cut out you know, a lot of those big melee four units because it's, uh, you know, they're they you get five more attacks than your baseline axe sword. They're a lot more durable. They they live long, but they 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 kill little in my experience. So yeah, I can see regiment, you know, parking it on a token, just like you know, babysitting uh, duty. Phalanx is still too expensive, in my opinion. Yeah, I do like them for the five extra attacks, though, because there's, um, you, you know, now they can take go take that Bane Chan a little bit further if you're going on a caster build, which is the what would make sense for the the long axe, in my opinion. I think they're better than the axe, but you got to they're it's more of a role on the battlefield, right? If you're, it's more of a try to survive and stay alive. And if your opponent doesn't have any cavalry, then, you know, you've spent a lot of money for uh, a lot of points on something you're not really going to use that much. So, yeah, I mean, that that's true. That, that caster heavy build that um, I think a lot of orcs were doing in second, right? I mean, the, the danger with that is like, finally they get through everything and they triple charge your giant horde of axe and it dies no matter what. I think it still dies even with phalanx, but at least with a double charge, like I think you're bouncing back for at least one hit and hopefully a counter flank charge. Um, you know, that's, I'm talking like the horde, but I think, yeah, it, it is a lot of points for, for phalanx. All right, Eric, I guess we're ready to get to the Great Axe. So for me, this is the uh, the best unit in the game. I know everybody's got their favorite unit that they call the best unit in the game. But here's Great Axe are really, really great, and here's why. Because their math is set up such that when they punch a thing, they can one-shot on average dice. The uh, You need to get to a six twice uh, to have a coin flip to remove a unit. And punching defense five, 
they will average uh, between 11 and 12 wounds plus a skull pull. So on average dice, you're way better than a coin flip. You're like a four twice or a five twice to one shot a 15-17 cavalry or large infantry unit. So this basically means that you can build a list based around Great Axe, who, as long as they punch twice, as if you can keep them safe and get them into combat, they're going to delete most other units that you're commonly going to see in games. Like, most people don't bring infantry hordes, you know, on the other side of the table. If they do, you're you're less good. But most tournament builds seem to revolve around um, large infantry, uh, whites, Soul Reaver infantry, s- stuff like that. And uh, these guys can, can one-shot those units. And when you one-shot somebody's, you know, 200, 250-point unit, it makes them very, very sad. And that's fun for us. So uh, Great Axe, um, Heavy Infantry, Speed 5, Melee 3, Defense 4, got to keep them safe. Crush 2, they hit on 3s, and they can get a Skull Pole for 5 points. The Horde has 25 attacks and is 21-23 for 250 points. The Regiment is Unit Strength 3, 12 attacks, 14-16 Nerve, uh, 150 points. And the troop is Unit Strength 1, 10 attacks, 10-12 for 100 points. I take Hordes. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of. I hear that uh, a lot of people are taking regiments. I'm not sure how they're how they're doing or how they're orienting that geometry on the table. But uh, it certainly seems reasonable. It's easier to get a regiment into combat than it is to get a horde in for sure. Um, but yeah, I love these guys. The extra nerve doesn't hurt either. Yeah. It, it yeah. No. No. The extra point of nerve is fantastic. Yeah, so they get, I mean, they get 23-25 with the war drum, which is sweet. One of these hordes gets to punch three times in a game, you're winning that game. That's definitely a fair statement. I've, and, and like, again, you know, if you do, like, I, I had them charge a uh, Revenant, like, defense five on dead horde, and I bane-chanted them, and it one-shotted the horde. Like, sometimes you get big swings like that, and they just, they always perform but you have to learn how to master the the orc horde footprint for sure i feel like that's every game against undead is like if i one shot this revenant horde i will win this game and if i do not one shot this revenant horde i will lose horribly (laughs) so yeah it's good to it's good to be able to kill the revenant horde in one go well guys this would be a good opportunity to just chat about what are some tips of moving and playing with these gigantic heavy infantry hordes I got one that's not really a tip, Rob, but if you if you look at the orc list, the Great Axe is one of the few units where looking at magic items makes sense. Their their weight of attacks, their efficiency, their durability, um, things like Pathfinder, Elite. I don't think they need crushing strength, but when when you look at the value you get out of magic items as a quote unquote tip, the uh, the Great Axe hordes they earn those points. Yeah, that that's. That's a very good point. Um, the two hordes that, of Great Axe that I run on my list, one's got Caterpillar, one's got Jesse's Boots. Um, I put my movement items on them, and uh, that is just to make sure that when they do hit, because it is a big horde, like, you know, you gotta you got to work hard to make sure that they get those high-quality combats. You know, you, you want them to just bring the full force of their, of their Great Axe down, right? So... Caterpillar and Strider, good items for these hordes. 
Yeah, agree. And then the the Caterpillar, of course, also really helps out with deployment because you typically want to make sure that you your line is advancing all together so you don't expose flanks. And I mean, one way to do that is to make if you've got some units with Pathfinder, you can take that 10 inch frontage and put it behind that forest and then it'll be the only it'll be the only unit going through the forest and your other units that don't have Pathfinder will be able to advance in line um, the full 10 inches on turn one and not get held up. Yeah. And I, I think that that is, that's another strategy. Like how do you deal with these footprints? I mean, like you have to advance, like you, you are pushing orcs are the army that you kind of push forward and, and try and hit stuff. Right. But you have to, you have to go forward like in a, in a in a way that you aren't exposing yourself to sneaky flank charges from that beast of nature with wings or that you know arch fiend or whatever um right. and and in such a way like you know hopefully you have uh you know some chaff that's in front that's going to try and mitigate some of the stuff that might you know get the jump on you but you know also if you do have to take a charge like try not to take a double charge right and it's right it's real tough because you are really wide and you really gotta you gotta check everything you know that your opponent's got on the other side of the table so um that's like that's the quick tips i have for you know dealing with the frontage um but then there's there's all kinds of tricky things that come after playing 100 games of orcs that like you can twist your giant frontage around and and you got a flank charge on somebody but they can't charge you in the flank there's all kinds of shenanigans you can do on the other side of the coin with a with an orc horde so i think sometimes people forget this is the same width as a cavalry horde this thing is huge 250 yeah right? i mean it's it's a monster monster horde well, let's jump in and talk about ranged infantry. Spend a little time maybe talking about how you can improve them, but ranged infantry, we have the one unit, which are the Skulks, Speed 5, Malay 5, Defense 3, Range 3, or Range 5+, plus, Crushing Strength 1, and Scout, Short Bows, 18 inches. No steady aim, though. That, that's a miss there, I think. Troops, Regiments, they come in Unit Strength 1 and 2, Attacks 8 and 10, 911, 13, 15 nerve, and 85 and one one and 110. Since we don't really see these very much, what needs to happen to these guys? to make them more viable or am I just off my rocker and they are viable. They're totally viable. You just need to have a list that, that needs scouting chaff. Right. And that list is something that's flyer heavy. So if you're running, if you're running two or three crudgers or uh, on slashers, then I think these guys are your best chaff option. Cause you could, if you get the first turn, you could potentially be, you know, threatening to have a, have a big full, flyer in somebody's backfield on on turn two or turn one even turn two yeah flyer flyers got to get over there um but uh but yeah as it stands now these guys are kind of a uh they're not really a solution for anything (laughs) as it stands now in my opinion um i i like the regiments more than the troops in a for a general uh non-specific flying list i've tried those a couple times the deeper nerve keeps them alive a little bit longer but yeah, that's about all I got to say about these guys. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about them. Yeah, I don't spend a lot Looking of time at, thinking about them. Spend some time thinking about them because I'm sitting over here with those aura kits that have bows, spears, axes. I'm like, what do I want to do? And I, I look at it and I'm like, it's cool that they have crushing strength, but they're really, I'm not really trying to put them into melee. And I'm, I'm looking at the list going, I mean, they don't have steady aim, sure, whatever. But then I'm looking at it. Why would a ranged orc have crushing strength 
instead, and I'm looking back at Lord of the Rings with these big ass heavy bows, like when the, uh, you know, when Boromir does his bravery moment and then we all cried and became men, why don't they have piercing one instead of crushing? I'd probably look harder at them if they had stealth. Defense three and their, their melee five. I mean, that's, I mean, they're, they're basically like, are they supposed to be goblins? Are skulls supposed to be goblins? Like, I, I don't know. The, the, yeah, and that, and to Kyle's point, like, why, why do these orcs that have crushing strength use short bows? Like, these should be big ass bows. Like, these are orcs. Like, at least give them yeah. long bows or something. I don't know. Part of me wonders if the unit is a holdover from some of the, the rescued players of the past with their big lines of, of orc error boys. And, and I wonder if the Skulk troop, in, in my mind, of constantly pondering about things instead of doing work, the Skulk unit may have been better served by Kenneth's point. That would have been a really neat idea to cross over like a goblin unit into the list or young axe as, as Skulks or something like that, where you're just like, look at this very distinctly different unit that does a thing instead of trying to be something else. So I, I don't know. I, I think there's a flavor miss there. But my vote, if if they're going to stay as is, they should have piercing instead of crushing or or at least make them the only unit of their type with a longbow. Like, come on, man. Or give them melee four. Melee four might fix them also. Yeah, I'd be I, happy I with like, that. I would like melee four. <laughs> then they're then they're at least an orc, you know. Well, let's jump in and talk about something people do take. Let's talk about some cavalry. Gore riders come in troops and regiments. There's speed eight, melee three, defense five. The troops got eight attacks, 10, 12 nerve at 125 points, and the regiment's 16 attacks, 13, 15 at 190. They're crushing one, thunder one. They cannot take the skull pole. So, no. yeah, <laughs> which would be great if they could. But I, I still, I like them. They, they tend to get wavered a lot. You know, maybe like, I don't know. The war drum is usually serving the big infantry line, you know. So if I'm taking like mixed arms, I've got like a cavalry wing, you know, thirteen, fifteen. That's not too many lightning bolt fives away from being in waiver territory. Um, but when they hit, um, I mean, it's basically. I mean, it's. I don't know. I these kind of got outmoded by the Morax troop. Uh, in third edition for me, but I still I like the regiments more than the troops personally, and I've I've seen tr- you know lists with a couple of them running an escort of uh, wing slashers and maybe one alongside your chariot legion um, if you're running cavalry and doing that build. Um, but you know the crush one thunder one at least when they do bounce or if they get hindered or something like they've always got that crushing strength and they hit on threes. So they're decent, but um, I haven't been taking them lately. Crushing one is, is I mean, if you had Kingdoms of Men Knights, right, they may have an extra pip of nerve. Yep. But Thunder 2, right? And Thunder 2 is a lot different than Crushing 1, Thunder 1, right? Because that second round of combat, you're still you're still damaging with at least Crushing Strength 1. Yeah, so at least when, when you get disordered by, like, Hero on horse, right, you, you, you know, at least hit, really hurt that Hero... Um, on the bounce, you know, uh, when you get chaffed up. So the the crushing one is good. Uh, we've also got the Skulk Outriders, which is Cav, Speed 8, Malay 4, Defense 3, Range 5. I mean, these are basically, they only come in a troop, but they're basically Skulks on, on Gores, right? 
Uh, I think Crushing Strength 1, Nimble, short range, 18 inches, uh, short bows with 18 inch range, and Steady Aim. Nimble and Steady Aim is interesting. I just don't know how, how you would make that work, but you guys are smarter than I am, so... Tell me how you would make this work. So that's the unit that me and Eric disagree on. Uh, that's not uncommon for us to disagree on one unit in every list. But I I love the fact that you have this nimble troop. They're not amazing. But again, coming from the viewpoint of a goblin player, for what you get for 105 points with Skulk Outriders compared to what you get for 105 points with goblin like Fleabag Sniffs, give me those Skulk Outriders, man. Crushing Strength 1, they're both nimble, they're both fragile, they die to a stiff breeze, but they, they serve a role. And what I find is it's really fun to put Height 3 Cavalry with a bow on top of a Height 3 hill and do a couple turns of Height 6 and then catch a flank. And there's my Thunder 1, Crushing 1, 14 attacks. And sometimes they hold a token. Now, I've got less games with Skulk Outriders than Eric does trying to make trolls good again. But <laughs> they, they serve a role that orcs can't really fill with other units. It's just not a role that I'm sure if they need to fill. Well, with the prosecution done, let's let the defense chime in. Yeah, I, I, these guys got nothing, man. It's 105 points down the toilet after they catch, catch lightning bolt three from some Yahoo with a boomstick, man. These guys ain't going nowhere. They, If you want me to look at these guys seriously for even big games, um, you need to, and when I say big games, I regularly pay 6,000 point games, uh, and, uh, just as an, just as a spectacle, you know, we drink a lot of beer and we push a lot of models. It's pretty great. But, uh, y- y- these guys need a, uh, these guys are going to die instantly on turn one and make me cry if I take them. So if you want me to take these guys, you got to give me a regiment option. So at least they have a little bit deeper nerve so that I'm not getting zapped off the, off the table on turn one by some some lightning bolt i'm in between i'm in between right like i've i've used them uh when third just came out i'm kind of thinking about using them again just because like we don't have that fast like 50 millimeter uh base guy to like jump on a token or run off with something in the background so I don't know, like how I would use it, like literally hide them behind a rock and do like late game. Scenarios. <laughs> so, yeah, I think if these guys had stealthy, yeah, they would be more useful because obviously they're very susceptible to light bow fire. I feel like that's that's fluffy for like all the skulks, right? Like they should all be stealthy, but but I don't want to pay points for stealthy. <laughs> Here, here's the thing is that even. After Go Scout, ahead. these guys are going to be in the exact same place on turn two as as and the the skulks can die just as usefully for twenty points cheaper. And ran. I want to I want to point out to all the RC and development team and and Ronnie and Kyle Pretzel Twinkie and dwarves have berserkers and orcs don't on on Cav. Do you see a problem with this? Because I know I see a problem with this. I agree. That would be fun. That would I'll be super fun. Awesome. I'll take defense three more acts. I don't care. Put them on a board. Let them go fast. I'll trade yeah. it. Uh, defense four defense is fine. Defense, defense four. That's a great idea. Like abyssal half read, abyssal half reads are defense four, right? So they give us defense four. We don't have the regenerate, but we have fearless nerve. I'll take it. Well, let's get into swarms, and there's only one person that can take this unit. So here's my pitch for Orklings. The Orkling regiment is a unit you can buy for sixty points. That's the end of my pitch. It is speed five. It is melee five. It is defense three. 
It has a regiment for 60 points, has 10-12 nerve. The horde is 24 attacks, is 13-15 nerve for 100 points. They are irregular. I don't know why. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess most swarms are irregular, though, right? So that's fair. They also have the upgrade to whips playmates um, where they can gain fury and vicious in melee and wild charge D3 for 15 points. I think these guys are the best available chaff option for the orcs in a list that doesn't have a ton of chaff options. Or, but no, it has a ton of chaff options. They're just all start with skulk. So, um, I like the orclings. I think they're, I think they're good. If you take a bunch of them, they can, they can do a job. There's some movement tricks you can do where if you space your hordes or your actual infantry line by two inches and, uh, so have two inches in between each unit. Uh, now, of course, you've got to be careful that you're not fighting birds of, you know, beasts of nature or vamp lords on Pegasus that could slide in and flank you when you're not looking. But if you get, if you put these guys like uh, on the edges of your, of your hordes such that if they get wavered, they can just kick a 90 and then your hordes can charge right by if you need to. That's a good movement trick. So these guys, uh, they can do the job. Usually they do get wavered by shooting, but if you can mitigate that with uh, clever placement of your, of your chaff, uh, you can minimize the impact of that. Of course, if they get charged in combat and wavered, you can't kick that 90. Uh, cause remember when you're wavered, you can, you can reform. So you can turn 90 degrees and stay still, right? But if you're charged in melee and you're wavered, uh, there's slightly fewer options available, uh, for uh you know you, you could be in a situation where your your hordes are stuck behind wavered orklings which is kind of a pain but yeah have been taken more attacks from orklings than i'm gonna go on a limb and say any other player in all of kings of war i've, okay. I've been on the receiving end of more orkling dice than anyone else they have just enough attacks to do that one damn wound it seems like every time <laughs> well against goblins maybe you know <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, if you look at it, right, that, that, uh, Orkling regiment is 12 attacks on fives, which is the same offensive power as a rabble regiment. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're excellent. I mean, I, I think they're excellent for the points and I like the fact that they're 10, 12, as opposed to nine, 11. I know. I don't know. I guess that can swing both ways, but I like the fact that, um, I don't know. More often than not, everybody says, well, they're 9-11, right? And I'm like, no, they're 10-12. You know, it, I don't know. I find them pretty durable for chaff. And yeah. um, and they they kind of they kind of got my Morax troops fired from the list because I was like, man, like, you know, that that big I was running a lot of troops of Morax um, running them up and, you know, at least half of them die you know, to lightning bolts or whatever, some concentrated fire. I'm like, they could have been just orclings and, um, and still serve pretty much the same purpose. I'm not going to get the big fancy kills or the, the lucky waivers that the Morak troops will do, but um, they, I don't know, they kind of unseated the Morax troop in my list. So I'm, I'm running, I think, three 
at uh, 2,300 points. They're also fun to just plink a token on, like, you know, having an Orkling, reg- or Orkling Regiment swarm, and then all of a sudden you get that nice pillage token behind a church in the back corner, and you're thinking to yourself, this Great Axe Horde can't sit back here. Yes, the Orkling Regiment can. It's, it's nice to have a disposable victory point, I guess is how I'd phrase it. Like, goblins have it, Kings of Men have it. Most armies have that cheap, he's going to sit here all game, and you can deal with it or you can't. It's your call. And Orklings are the perfect 60 points to do that. It is a unit you can buy for 60 points. <laughs> is there any other 60-point or sub-60-point units in the game, Eric? I think there might be a Kingdoms of Men unit. Um, militia Mob. I think the Militia yeah, Mob is 55. Zo- what's a zombie troop? How much does a zombie troop cost? I don't think zombies come in troops. I don't think zombies come in troops, but you can get a militia mob for 55. And, and they're similar, right? Hit, hit on fives with defense three. Zombies do not come in troops, but a zombie regiment Eric, uh, is 70 points. Because uh, as a goblin player, I feel that the trolls are my territory. Uh, so orcs have access to trolls, and in third edition, they unlock. Hooray! No one knows why they didn't unlock in second. It made no sense now that people don't take them in their work armies. Uh, you've got your speed six, melee four, defense five. Crushing strength two, region five plus for when you just want to miss your region by one every time. Uh, they come in regiments and hordes. The regiments don't unlock as all large infantry. You got nine attacks, 11, 14 nerve with the classic troll nerve gap. And you got a horde, 18 attacks, 14, 17 at 190. And uh, I love trolls. And I'll say this without the goblin commander's aura headstrong, I like trolls a lot less in the work list. And that's my troll pitch. It is such a shame. <laughs> it is such a shame because I I have been um, really vocal about trolls being like not irregular, right? And then they made them regular. But um, I liken it to the fact, you know, to the time when like uh, in Goodfellas when they were gonna Joe Pesci was gonna get made, right? And everybody was so excited that Joe Pesci was going to get made, you know, Robert De Niro, he's in a good mood and then they whack him. Right. That's what happened to the trolls in third edition. Uh, they're, they're regular, right. Which is fine, but they don't get boosted by the drum. They don't boost the God speaker. Uh, they're just subpar now compared to other trolls and other lists. Um, it would be cool if they at least got boosted by the drum because then they'd be, um, you know, 16, 19 trolls like that would be awesome. And I don't know why that isn't a thing, because I feel if like trolls had, would love the drum. But if um, you had to choose between uh, getting the war drum or boosting the God speakers, which would you choose? I so. OK, that's a good question. And I, I understand that there's a real phobia about boosting the God speaker um, so much or whatever. But like. Here's how I used to use trolls in my in my second edition list is just that the height difference, right? Um, they were a good horde. They had good unit strength for, um, you know, dominate, whatever. But like, you know, so I had that axe horde and I had the troll horde behind to to countercharge together. Like, you know, it was like a counterpunching list. So I missed that. The fact that I don't have like this the second rank of of taller infantry that can that can counter charge with my orcs to get it you know i don't know i miss that dynamic 
So I think I would like them to be boosted by the drum because then, you know, I don't know. Do they still have the, uh, what is it? The plus one nerve item. I don't know. I remember I had like, you know, 21 nerve, uh, uh, trolls at some point. Maybe that was, (laughs) that was, that was maybe an earlier, earlier edition, but they were great. You know, I, I missed that. Do you guys have any troll envy? Oh yeah. There's troll envy for the goblins. Just that aura headstrong. But what I was hoping to see in third and, and there's still hope, right? There's still time for more, more models. As we talked about the war drum, getting all these cool upgrades and all these cool buffs, which cough, they're not cough. Um, but how cool would it have been to have a troll drum that you could upgrade a war drum to maybe synergize with trolls and troll heroes? Like, Hey, this bubble is instead of making their nerve where they're just harder to kill, make them better in the grind and say that drum bubble is region four plus instead of five plus. There was an opportunity to just give a little nod to, hey, we understand your trolls have no synergy, uh, but instead they just gave the synergy to every other army in the game. There, there's always and there's always the comment that like if they if trolls had those things, orc players would only take trolls. Like no, I wouldn't. Like I'm great orcs. Yeah, the like, value the value of the tro- troll in in the in the orc army is that the geometry is just so delicious because you have yeah, all of these ten inch hordes and you can't ever multi assault anything in the front um, or at least you can't unless you know unless something crazy happens in the game right but that that large infantry with the hundred and twenty inch or 120 mil frontage just combined so well with the giant hordes and uh and i miss it I yeah miss that, it. that's well said eric's got the, the math brain that's exactly what i miss <laughs> yeah. buffing buffing the trolls would make them a synergy unit not a spam unit in my opinion like giving them just a little a little tap like i said goblins have buffs snow trolls have their molochs have their like every every troll esque unit, except the orc trolls, has a thing. And I think just that little little nod to like, hey, if you want to bring trolls, there's a way to really invest in it and have another tool. Because right now they're just ink on a page. They're not models right. on a and, table. And troll, as Andrew Summers will tell you, trolls are terrible. They're just terrible. They're they're they are the unit that's just not that good. Um, for for the points, they don't hit all that great, and they're always wavered. And anybody who's played trolls will tell you their default state is always wavered. And uh, and it's like you said, the orc trolls just get nothing. We got nothing. It's, that is reminiscent of like all fantasy lore, though, right? Like tastes like squirrel dung. It's got maggots and um D and D trolls deciding to skip their turn, or the old the old world trolls where uh, you roll for stupidity and they decide to uh, stand there and pick their nose while getting attacked by demons. Well, yeah, I mean, funny. even even Bill and his ilk in the Hobbit, right? Those guys got punked by you know by by Gandalf and the the the, the <laughs> a bunch of dwarves and Bilbo, you know. So it's a uh, I guess they're doing what they're supposed to do, right? Being dumb. Well, let's get in and talk about some chariot. Chariots come in almost every flavor. We've got troops, regiments, hordes, and legions. They're melee three. They're all defense five. They're all speed eight. The troop at 150 points is 12-14 nerve with eight attacks. The regiment, 12 attacks, 14-16 nerve at 190 points. The horde... 16 attacks, 16-18 nerve, 240 points. Legion, 20 attacks, 
1921 nerve, 275 points. They're crushing one, thunderous charge two. And a and a uh, a point to be made here is that they are height three, which is kind of new, but not. Uh, but it, it it's a sticking point with them a little bit. They can't take the skull pull. In my usage, I like taking. Recently, I haven't. You know, I've been doing the heavy infantry and whatever, but. I have been taking like at least one legion of them. I've had lists that are more alpha striking where I take two and like some giants. I'm always, I like the legion with these, but I, I haven't really tried uh, the hordes or the troops. And that's more because like, I don't have, um, I don't have that kicking around you know, my, my stable of orcs, you know, that, has that, anybody that seen, has anybody actually seen a horde of chariots in the wilderness? No, I haven't seen a horde of chariots in any army. I don't think I, I haven't either. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting though. I mean, there's 16, 18 and 16 attacks, um, 240 points. So I don't know. I like, I like the, the 20 attacks and the 1921 nerve of the legion, they're really durable. Um, they keep hitting. Like they can, they can grind a little bit. They do have, they do have that bust formation. So I know I was always concerned with getting flanked by beast of nature and any, every little flyer high mobility unit yeah. that my opponent had, and it became like such a maggot in my brain that I'm like, yeah, you're fired. You know, I just yeah. fired the legion. Exactly. The struggle is real, right? You need to have a ton of reps with with that base size just to get familiar with all the geometry because it is super whack and everybody's everybody's in your flank all the time because you're you're longer than you are wide. So it's like you said, it's like that beast of nature just mind his own business. Next thing you know, he flies over your infantry line and is in the flank of your of your, uh, of your chariots. Yeah. Um, also, reforms are always an issue, right? Because if you reform with, uh, if you multi-assault anything with that thing, you're going to be, you're going to have to be really creative in your reform. Because if you need to, you know, turn to change the line, right? Somebody could wind up looking at something, or worst case scenario, you could just be sitting there looking at nothing, waiting to get, get rolled, right? I think, I think that's, yeah, I think that's why if I got my, my, my shapes right, I used to run them. Um, with a gore rider regiment like escort so i try and you know multi-charge with a gore rider regiment and then um you know that legion can kind of you know after they after they kill whatever they touch um reform like around that the corner of the gore rider regiment but yeah they're they're tricky they're very tricky. My position on these guys is that I like um, I like that unit a lot. Um, I like the uh, the fight wagons more. Um, this is a this is an opportunity for skulks in uh, or they definitely need chaff right of some type to get in. Um, but uh, if I need the unlocks, I'm going with the gourd chariots. If I don't need the unlocks, I'm going with the fight wagons. Well, let's get in and talk about fight wagons. Speed seven, melee three plus, defense five. Troop, Regiment, Horde, and Legion, just like the Chariots. 1, 2, 3, 4, Unit Strength. Attacks 12, 18, 24, and 30. And here's the kicker, they're fearless. So dash 13, dash 15, dash 17, dash 20, with points at 155, 195, 245, and 285. So someone told me, someone was smarter than I, told me one time, when you're trying to hit really cheap like goblins, you bring in the fight wagon. They just... 
<laughs> but if you're trying to hit something with armor, you bring in the chariots. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the the, the legion with the thirty attacks is is like super juicy, right? Like, and the fact that it's like defense five Morax, it's hard not to like that. It is only crushing strength one compared to crushing strength one thunder charge two. The legion of or the the chariots, but yeah. Yeah, here's the thing. It's like you're talking about 12, 12, 13, I guess uh, 13, 14 hits from the Gore Chariots, right? So uh, they're going to get about 13, 14 hits, and they'll all be on twos initially, right? But but they're only crushed one after if they're disordered, right? But then you look at the fight wagons that are going to average 20 hits, right? So, <laughs> so um, and then you may have, a, if you're playing a big game, you or maybe you have Ulpgar, maybe you have some Bane Chant hi, hi, hanging around. Like, Ulpgar and Fight Wagons is just a match made in heaven, right? Because you're going to, the, the Fight Wagons are never going to waver. They're always going to be laying down, um, they're going to be laying down 20 hits at Crush 2 every turn, and they're going to be life leeching something, right? Also, if you want to talk about, got items to scare to share i mean there's nothing that there's nothing in the game really that handles a uh the, the, is there anything else in the game with 30 attacks on threes because i don't think there is well the legion of ogres oh, okay all yeah. right fair nonetheless it's like 33 i'm getting 20 hits you know if i'm banching it i got crushed two if i'm not banching i got crushed one maybe i'm carrying a brew of strength or a brew of sharpness you know those guys are absolute unit deleters and i think if you uh i think you they're definitely worth looking at if you don't need the unlocks and you have 300 points to drop on a on a on a unit eraser this this could be your guy yeah i have a fully mounted mantic orc army that was centered around two legions of fight wagons obviously third edition i've got to find some more unlocks I'm not going to complain about fearless big units that hit like that. I know Matt Vermeeren in Canada likes his fight wagon legion a lot. And um, and to the uh, guys with their books, the ogre chariots only have 25 attacks on threes. So I think, Eric, you might be right that 30 attacks on threes is pretty. Yeah, but for, for sure. Yeah, Rob had the easy. Ogre Warrior Legion, though. That, right, Ogre War Legion, Warrior Legion. Warrior Legion. 36 yeah, attacks. Okay. Countries, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. How do you rate Nimble on Fight Wagons, the Wine of Elvenkind, as a genuine uh, If they were Ogre Chariots and they were height four, you might get a little more versatility out of it. I don't know. I just, just thinking in my head, like, man, that's a big block to be dancing around. That was something I was going to mention. The fact that the Gore Chariots and the Fight Wagons, for that matter, are, and any Orc Chariot is height three. You know, they used to be able to see over hills, in second edition for the most part because most hills that i was playing were height two and then everything kind of got bumped up a level terrain wise so now most of the hills that i'm playing in the northeast are height three my chariots can't see over the hill anymore so that that's kind of a negative for me using them these days but anyways get back to the raider chariots that's a unit that i don't think most people know is in the game because nobody owns that unit yeah Right. If you were to say to yourself, what unit could orcs uh, not have and live without, uh, it would would in fact be, be, I think, the Skulk Outrider uh, chariots. But bear with me while I build up the courage to read their stats aloud. Uh, They are speed eight, melee four, range five up, defense four. So, I mean, they're not horrible. They're still defense four archers. They're crushing strength one, thunderous one, short bows. The kicker is they're still chariot bow loadouts. So the troop with eight attacks only gets four shots. 
the regiment with 12 attacks only gets six. They have steady aim. But the uh, the troop is unit strength one eight attacks ten twelve nerve for one hundred and fifteen and the regiment is twelve attacks twelve fourteen for one hundred and forty five. So let's look at the the regiment. You're paying one hundred and forty five points for fourteen defense four nerve, six bow shots on fives, and the opportunity to make twelve attacks, getting six hits doing. Four-ish wounds. You can buy a troll regiment for that 145. You can buy a lot for 145. I could be buying a troll regiment. And if we look at the we look at the troop, right? That's 115. That is basically two Orkling swarms. Yeah. And those are going to do more damage. They have more nerve, and they're going to contribute more. But they don't have four bow shots on fives. <laughs> I don't think I. Yeah, I, I don't think I read the Skulk Raider chariot uh, unit entry close enough or, or kept reading long enough to, to see that they actually have less shooting attacks than melee attacks. It's really lame. They are true chariot profiles without being exciting like other chariots. This is probably a good time to drop in a, a question from An- Adam Kinney. He says, and we kind of touched on some of this, but we'll hit it again. He says, in general, for speedy attackers, what is better to use, gore chariots fight wagons, or gore riders? Are the chariots best done as legions, hordes, regiments, or troops? I'll start it, and then they can correct me. Um, <laughs> Eric has spent years giving me a lot of problems with gore chariot regiments as a maze balls chaff, and then using chariot legions to punch holes in my line. And they're durable enough and hammery enough to get that done. Or, you know, you could back it up with a fight wagon. Um, I think mounted orcs, the gores in general, are underwhelming for the points compared to other options in the list. Uh, that's that's my takeaway. You you want the chariot regiments slamming in or the skulks on foot, and then you want the, the fight wagon or the chariot legions based on your unlock situation. I, I, I can't disagree. Um I don't know. I, I, I like the the looks of just gore riders more, <laughs> like you know, physically, um, than like than two chariots on a regiment base, or you know, you can try and stick three on there. Um, I don't know that. I guess, I guess I gotta work on my chaff game more or something. But I, I would have taken the the gore riders over the the gore chariot regiment. Um, I have. I did take regiments to crossroads one year um, and they were, I liked the extra pip of nerve. They were durable, but the 12 attacks was just always kind of meh, you know, when I needed it. So I, I oh, like, I like, answer. I like crushers <laughs> more not to crush. Eric, same question to you. So um, the, the gore chariots that I was running, the regiments, that was in second, and the chariot regiment was 140 points and was only 12-14 nerve, but it got to 14-16 with the war drums, so they made great chaff because they were in that, that thick chaff price point. Um, they were uh, they were uh, Revenant Cav before Revenant Cav got swole. Um, uh, my, uh, my, I tend to side with K2 on this. I think that the gores just have a superior geometry with a smaller frontage. Um, the fight wagons, I think, are uh, are basically just a, they hit like a great axe horde, only they've got a six-inch frontage, which is 
which is really good. So if you can address those uh, those reform issues in your in your list, um, I think the fight wagons Uberalis. But uh, if I'm putting together an alpha strike list, like I give me a, a slasher, uh, you know, GAC, uh, a couple of gore regiments and maybe a giant. And uh, and that's that's a really potent flanking force for one side of the board that's going to kill it's going to kill stuff and and strike fear in your enemies. Well, said. so I, I like the, yeah. I like the gorse. Let's get into the monster section. Is the war drum the most important piece of the army? Yes. Yeah. Y- yes. I, and I, yes. And <laughs> it's a little engine that makes everything else that much better. Yeah. I mean, it's dash 11, 80 points. It's a 50 millimeter square and it gives rally two and a six inch aura. The fact that it's, you know, unit strength one war drums have won a lot of games. I think if you play orcs for any length of time, you'll find that war drums win you a lot of games. Sometimes it's just them giving you that extra turn of combat because you've got that extra nerve. But a lot of times it's because they're running off the corner of the table when everything else is dead with the loot tokens. Or, you know, it's that one extra unit strength your opponent wasn't counting up. They're really important. And I like to kind of build my orc list and sort of, I don't know, battalions style, I guess. And like, you know, I try to have one, you know, at least two in a 2000 point uh, list. But they're, they win a lot of games and they're, they're really like low profile MVPs of the list. You can always tell the guys who've played against orcs a lot because they always try to kill the war. They always try to target war drums. They kill the war drum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you've never, if you don't get to play orcs regularly, you'll never, you'll never shoot the war drum. But if you yeah. play against orcs a lot, that's always like public enemy number one. Hopefully, our enemies didn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Temple does ask, is mounting the drums on carts worth it? I, I really wish it was. It's 30 points. So I, I really I really want it to be good because then, it, because it makes your war drum nimble, so it just makes it more of a mischievous objective taker, you know? like Right, and, and speed eight. And speed eight. And that's, that's really like the main use, like the benefit I would see of it. I think like on the surface, people's like, oh, you can run them with your cavalry. Well... Like if you deploy right, like you don't need a mounted war drum to boost your cavalry. You know, you just march the war drum ten inches. It's projecting its aura six inches out. It's still going to touch the ass end of your gore riders. Like even if they uh, march from the line. So I don't take it because it's it's more points. The thirty points is a tough pill to swallow. I wish it was defense five on the chariot. Like if it was yeah, a give me five, defense five. Defense yeah. five mount, you know, chariot war drum, like that would be different. But defense four, defense four and height three now, because it's on a chariot, just makes it that much more vulnerable to the wise opponent's lightning bolt. How about the upgrade for dread? The dread doesn't make sense because for 30 points, I can take six skull poles, Rob. Yep, uh, absolutely. The back and it barely reaches anything. I thought the war drum missed an opportunity to be like, instead of those two upgrades that nobody's going to take for the reasons pointed out, you could combine everything together and make it like a six attack living legend, like master of ceremonies and have a chariot mounted melee orc given rally while he mad maxes his ass up the road and, and make it a thing as it's written for 80 points. Why would you, why would you pay attacks to be less defensible or, uh, you know, like I said, for 30 points, that's six skull poles. So both, both of those upgrades for me defeat the purpose of having a wardrobe. Kyle, if it wasn't rally, right? 
if it was if, if if it was it's like you know war thunder whatever the old rule was before rally became a thing then it could stack with brutal and then it might be worth it and i don't you know like uh like kuzlo where he he is a separate negative here because then you're yeah. you're saying I'm gonna pulse a damage and the skull pole is gonna pose a damage and all of a sudden my my great attacks are against 15 17 i'm i'm putting you out on threes twice yeah, I, I feel like I feel like my orcs were like one of the few armies in second edition that were running Funny Bone all over the place. Like I love Funny Bone for fifty we loved points. Funny Bone too. We oh, loved Funny. Bone. Hated, hated <laughs> Funny Bone. Funny Bone was the man, and I miss that guy because if I could have Funny Bone stacking on Brutal Skullpole, I'd be so happy. But, man. but yeah, for even Dread was cheaper, right? If that Dread was like, hey, for fifteen points, like. Don't get three skull poles. Get this instead. But six skull poles. I can't think of too many scenarios where the war drum would be able to use dread in six combats, just yeah. because the the positioning, right? If you're multi charging with it and stuff to get it, great. But in a in a game, are you really going to use dread six times? Because you're probably going to use your all six skull poles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll lose some skull poles to shooting. You won't. You might lose one that you don't get to, you know, uh, break off. But, yeah, I mean, this is all not to take away from the fact that the war drum is a really great unit. It's just the, the upgrades for it aren't necessarily worth uh, uh, sweating over, you know, but do take the war drum. I mean, they're going to lightning bolt it anyways. Why make it one and a half times as expensive? Yeah. Well, let's jump in and talk about Titan which is the giant. We don't, I don't see him very much in your guys' orc players lists, but speed seven. I mean, this is the prototypical giant speed seven, Malay four defense, five, one unit strength to attacks D six plus eight, 1820 nerve two twenty five cost crushing strength four, brutal fury and strider. I mean, do you guys ever run any guys ever run the, the giants? I've run a lot of Titan giants. Um, and second edition, I ran the three giant lists constantly with, with God. Um, the the biggest thing for giants in the orc list, and Britain did great with them, so you can do good, right? There, there's value yeah, there. Right. But they're anvil and an army full of anvils, and they're a baby hammer and an army full of more points efficient hammers. So you have access to crushing four, and that's that's awesome. And they're twenty nerve in a small footprint. Um, but with a war drum, like I look at the giant for two hundred twenty five points, and I think to myself, what else can I buy for? 225 points in an orc list that does this job and the, the answer is for that point it's it's kind of a lot they really miss the 50 millimeter unit because 75 is tough to fit in and the angles suck for trying to multi-charge if they had options for like a baby giant or like a grande troll on a 50 mil i could see orcs fitting with that little unit size all the time but the 75 is just as damn clunky and it's expensive that's my take yeah um and and it's too bad that they don't get boosted by the war drum anymore you know they used to be they used to be a little better <laughs> um and i do miss the the 50 millimeter giant even though like the the old what was it i call them super giants i can't remember what they were called in second edition i ran those i ran two of those all the time but since third, um, like you said, Kyle, Britain did really well. He had three of them, and they were beautiful. And I really enjoyed seeing that army. But I don't know. It, 
I've I've kind of fired him from my list. Yeah, I mean, we all know why why Brenton took three giants is because it takes him forever to paint stuff. So if he can eat up, <laughs> you know, seven hundred points of giant of of army in three models, he's in. Like, <laughs> and God love him for it. I run giants in the big games for sure because this is a list that really is punches people and really craves smaller uh, frontage and base size to, to fit in just because the geometry uh, is so good um, on, on those 75s. Um, but the giant eight node cavern dweller or Jabberwock, right? Like those are the units that we really want and we just don't have. Um, it would be cool if uh, there were more monster options rather than just the giant. But I like him. He's good. I'd take him. Let's jump into heroes. Who wants to run us through some heroes? I love this guy. Uh, the Crudger is uh, the the base uh, orc officer. He is speed 5, melee 3, defense 5+. plus. He has 5 attacks, 12-14, crushing strength 2, individual, inspiring, and mighty. And he comes in at the bargain basement price of 95 points. You can put him on the world's most expensive gore for 35 points. He gets speed 8 and becomes height 3. You can give him an orcish skull pole for 5 points, which I do occasionally. There is Gakamax Bloody Banner, which gives him an aura of wild charge plus 1 for heavy infantry for 10 points. Well, that's a fun upgrade to keep your opponents on their toes. Um, I always like to announce that my crudger has this item and and watch the watch my opponent immediately start to reconsider all the moves that he's made <laughs> it's usually good for about uh three or four minutes on my opponent's clock in a in a tournament um and uh and yeah i love this guy he's he's great um he's basically gonna put uh at least one or two wounds on uh if you can get him into a multi-assault just because he's you know a just a heavy infantry 25 mil he can always figure out a way to get in he's inspiring his individual that's cool i i look at the grudger essentially you get the same results offensively and defensively as an axe regiment. He's, <laughs> he's two instead of crushing one. He's, he's 12, 14 instead of 13, 15. He's also 95 points, a hundred. Cause I like him with the skull pole. And then, I mean, I, he, he fills a similar role in a 25 millimeter square. And then that banner is great because it removes the classic Kings of war stalemate of I'm 10.1 inches from you and you're 10.1 inches from me. And we're going to wait and see who goes. And he goes, yeah, we, we go first, either we charge you or we charge you. It's your choice. Yeah. I really like that banner. The banner's great. He's great all around. I mean, the great X horde, just that being, you know, 11 inch charge instead of 10, so you can't, like you said, Carl, get in that stalemate or whatever, and you gotta you gotta take one on the chin and then hit them. You just move him, get him within six inches of that great axe horde. Also, giving an extra uh, inch to the morax again, kind of burns up your opponent's clock a little bit when they you know try and figure that out. I did something funny at at Masters, and I thought that was um, it it was pretty handy, and I gave the bloody banner to my crudger and i gave my crudger me to madness so he had like a 12 inch charge bubble so i didn't have that mounted crudger necessarily to take care of any like backfield like beast of nature hoppers but like 12 inches on the charge with that crudger on foot it, it did come in handy so that's just a quick little i don't know i thought it was cool He's real good for the points, and you do need some inspiring. Like, you need that in your line, and the fact that he, 
he does pump out damage and he will boost he'll he'll put your your Morax or your Great X, he'll put their damage output just over the top if you can get him in a combined charge with them or throw him into the fray, you know, to make your opponent dead. So uh, that much easier. So it's a great unit. Yeah. He'll super help you win the chaff game too, because he's the rechaff, right? He's the answer to the rev cav that's sitting in front of your, uh, of your orklings and you can't do anything. If he can, can, he can do that two, three wounds to make sure that those guys will get cleared out and you can get your hordes in. All right, uh, Kredron Gore Chariot, speed 8, he's 140 points, melee 3, defense 5, 5 attacks. He's just a Kredron a Chariot. So he's crushing 2, inspiring, nimble, and thunderous charge 1 for 140 points, height 3. You guys used him? I haven't used him. <laughs> I, I bring him in big games. He, he's all right. He's, uh, it's a lot of points, right, for, yeah. for the for the one extra nerve over the, and you lose individual. So then you're like, ah, but he'll be a flanking uh, threat. And then you're like, oh, well, he's only got five attacks. So, you know, does anybody care if they get flanked by that guy? I don't know. Maybe I bring him. He's never the star. He usually dies. I usually end up chaffing. Yeah. He's a adequate unit. Yeah. Adequate. (laughs) Now. uh, Yeah, that's fair. Is the winged slasher? Yep. Skullface has a beautiful wing slasher, and he runs it constantly. I do. Uh, <laughs> and for better or for worse, for better or for worse. Like I'm kind of looking got- at that, and I'm thinking about a fight wagon legion instead. But um, <laughs> you know, like it, it is just sometimes he saves the day, and sometimes he gets punked out early. You know, he, he's like either like a, a hero of, of heroes or um, or, you know, just real sad mid game Same with all dragons, right? But, yeah, I guess so. It, it just, it's, it's good to project threat, right? You put him somewhere yeah. and he's just projecting threat, you know, that much further. And, and like, he'll make regiments of cavalry, like, you know, do a little stutter step as they, you know, trot towards you. He can just, you can put him somewhere, like, if, if things go bad, you know, like, you can, he gets, he can get there, you know, so I try and, either he's deployed, like, centrally, so he's easily redeployable, like, just normal dragon tactics, or, like, I just try and, like, hop the line and just make my opponent, you know, really sad. I think his best use is just projecting that threat, but he has a lot of points. Um, yeah, he's 285 points. He's speed 10, melee 3, defense 5, so classic dragon. 10 attacks, uh, 17, 19 nerve. He's yeah. crushing 3 with fly, so so far he's a dragon. But he has fury, which I really enjoy. And, of course, he's he's a nimble flyer. So for 285, he doesn't have the breath attack option. He, he slaps because you're not paying for the breath attack either. He's not 315 or 330 points. He's, he's not paying for fireball. Yeah. He just one thing. And it's hit people in the flank. Dragons got beat up in third. We all know that there were, there were very few dragons, at the masters this year. Um, the, and we're kind of down on dragons, but I, I think that the, the crudger on a slasher, because he is, is a little bit cheaper than the other guys is actually, um, one of the better ones that's out there for sure. I'm, I'm hoping that the, uh, the RC will go ahead and give, uh, give big flyers a little something. And my favorite, uh, my favorite idea is if you're going to keep them on the 75, you can fix them by giving them speed 11. 
And what that does is that extra inch gives them the same ability to hop lines that they did back when they were on a 50. Because that extra inch of movement, if it becomes two, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're double timing and that's that two inches is enough to, to go ahead and clear those same lines that you were clearing in second with the fifties. Um, also that's big, big dragon when a standoff with a little bitty beast of nature. Yeah. Right. I, that's that too. That's too. I put, I put, I put brutal on mine just to like, you know, if I, if I get him in and I get like a crusher mounted crusher in a combat against a regiment, like I, I feel like I'm winning or I, I got a better chance of winning that. Um, but yeah, like I was using them to, to plug gaps, chaff and offensively. And sometimes he'd be great. And sometimes he'd, he'd die fast, but yeah, he's, he's all right. I like him. He's scary. Yeah. And the sage and wind of a Eric Trowbridge is dragons will always let you down when you need them to roll really good. If you're just patient and you, you put the dragon in, in somebody's butt, 30 dice is going to, going to do work. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, the threat of the dra- the threat of the dragon is better than the dragon. Um, for big games, I don't leave home without four of these guys because <laughs> it's the <laughs> only that's the only pressure that you can really extend. Uh, you don't have artillery, so if you're playing a big game, these guys are absolutely awesome. How do you looking at the orc list? Since that's our only real, is that the only real pressure applicator? Because you you play so much more orc, we don't have catapults. I mean, if you it's like you it's like uh, it's like I said at the beginning. I the orc list is sort of a set piece, right? Everybody knows where you're going and what you're doing. You don't have a lot of flexibility. It's almost like dwarves in a way. It's like once you're deployed, you're deployed, and you don't have a lot of wiggle room. The big flyer, the Crudgeon Wing Slasher, is one of the few X factors that's actually there. Yep. So we like him. Yeah. Flagger is speed five. It's your BSB. Speed five, melee four, defense four, uh, nine eleven, one attack, fifty points. He inspires. He's got crush one. Rawr! Uh, and you can put one him on attack. a gore. Put him on a gore and give him speed eight. I never even noticed that for twenty five points. Wow. Maybe um, I you never noticed. Yeah. So this is a list. I'm going to say this, like our list thirsts for inspiring Bane chanters. And this is potentially an inspiring Bane chanter um, with uh, the loot of insatiable darkness or the boomstick or the warbow of Kaba as you wish. So he is an actual hero and you can give him stuff and he will inspire stuff and he is not mighty. Um, but it's not inconceivable that with one attack melee four crush one, he could disorder something and be in the way. Yay, in the way. Yeah. I in big games I'll wind up having him with the, sit, standing around with the loot uh as sort of a bargain basement caster. Um what do you guys do with him? Anything ever? No, uh, I like to leave him at home. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, cool. yeah, loot's good. Troll Bruiser. Uh this is this is kind of interesting. 110 points. 1215, melee three, five attacks, oh. speed six. But he inspires trolls only, but he will inspire himself, right? I think, because he's a troll. You know, crushing strength to regenerate fit, uh, on a five plus. I don't know. I, I faced one of these my last game, and he was he was hard to kill. And it was, it shouldn't have been hard to kill, but he just ended up being hard to kill. And <laughs> it was just one of those, like, that's what he was. He was always wavered, but he had a toast. Right. So so I can't say he's total trash because he ended up, you know, helping my opponent win that game. He's on a 40 millimeter and he can take objectives. 
there's not many of those things in the list. So I don't know. What do you guys think of him? He feels like a mercenary in the Oric Army. He doesn't yeah. feel like he belongs there. Because he, he's just an ogre hero who's painted green. It's cosplay, that's all. He wavers easy, but like, I don't know. You know, like, he can he can pick up stuff. Like, maybe your war drum should be doing his job, but like, he may just spend three turns like my opponent's troll bruiser wavered holding a token I desperately want. But, <laughs> you know. We've all been there. We have yeah. all been there. That one, that one unit that has to die and it just won't die. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I had a, I had a unit of dwarf crossbowmen do that a couple of, couple of games ago. <laughs> they just refused to die, and were the MVPs. And it's just some unit that has no business being the MVP, right? Um, yeah, I'd rather have a crudger. I'd rather have a crudger on foot and spend the fifteen points on something, get myself something nice for fifteen points. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's different. It's a utility tool. And I think as you get into bigger games, um, Eric has a lot more experience in huge games than me, but I've played a few. And that little nimble scoring guy, as the game scales yeah. up, it's awfully damn handy. But at uh, 2,000, 2,300 points, I don't know if I can spare 5% of my army on a handy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Y'all just skipped right over uh, the crusher. Oh, yeah. Oh, we saved it for you. We didn't skip it. Yeah. No, dude, you're the you're the crusher. You're the you're the crusher's your idea, not mine. What's uh sure. give it give the crusher me. rundown. He he blames me for his success. So the uh the crusher is the quintessential definition of green yet sexy. It is the the pinnacle of all orc existence in my opinion. It is a it's the prince tier hero. So he's speed five on foot, melee three, defense five. Three attacks, 10-12 for 50 points, and he is crush two. You heard that right, ladies, gentlemen, and others. He is three attacks on threes, crush two. In addition, his gore somehow is the Costco brand gore from the Crudger's gore and is only 25 points instead of 35. God love him. God love him. Mounted, not on foot, because for 75 points... And each one's actually 80 because you take Blade of Slashing, Mace of Crushing, and then whatever the hell you want on the other one or nothing. You got two 80-point and 175-point darts of yeah. absolute mayhem. Want a one-shot a catapult? Use a crusher. Want to piss off Elf Archers? Use a crusher. Want to stop a dragon? Use a crusher. Want to ruin your friendships? Use crushers. They're <laughs> Sales pitch. Yeah, and the reason you give them those five point items is because they, if they're if when they go to do a wound, they cannot miss. Yeah, because if they miss, usually that one wound that you need to do, that one thing that you need to hold up with those guys, you really need that wound. So it's totally wow. worth the five sure. extra points Not to. Mighty. Because usually they're like, I'll stop this night horde from flanking my great axe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Put a lot of on those 80 point guys and then it's usually right when you fail to get any hits on three dice that you remember they only have three dice yeah but also for 75 slash 80 points i mean elf prince can't compete the goblin prince really can't compete for that point value it's just really hard to find something else that says i can be a three attack dart better crushing yeah. kingdoms kingdoms of men hero is a little bit cheaper the elf prince is uh, a little bit more expensive, but more reliable because he's got elite. Well, okay, maybe he's only crushed one though. He is very, very good at what he does. The uh, the the crusher, and he helps direct 
like the next level play with him is helping direct your hordes into combat so that they're not hindered or I don't know. He's got a lot of a lot of utility. And um, I'll say that the reason why his gore is only 25 points is because he bought the gore at Orc Mart, which is what Orc Town built over the Glade of Galahir when they burned it. <laughs> I would put the selling point to the crusher like this. Uh, third edition, me and Eric really set out before Masters to figure out orcs and goblins and, and really see what list he was going to take to Masters. And when we finally came to the conclusion of, why don't you just try three crushers? Because when you play four times a week, you just try everything. Uh, when the three crushers hit the table, me beating Eric dropped considerably. Yeah, they're they're great. I take two. Tried three. So those are the, the key, the key to the list. One of the keys. Yeah, crushers, war drums, and crudgers combined to just make a terrifying thing. Unlock strapped. Always unlock strapped. Yeah, always unlock strapped for sure. What are we doing with God's Speakers? What's y'all's position? Uh, well, I love God's Speakers in second edition. Yeah. I lament the second edition God Speaker day. They're, you know, your caster for 70 points, they're 10, 12, one attack, which is sad. Melee four, defense four. They still have crushing strength. Second edition Godspeakers used to have two attacks, right? At melee three. That was a great spell to cast. So they're tribal magic. So for every heavy infantry horde or regiment within six inches of the Godspeaker, you get to add one to your uh, spell. Bane Chant 2 becomes Bane Chant 3 if he's if she is within six inches of a regiment. So your Bane Chant and your fireball can get boosted, it's been kind of like a blessing and a curse because I feel like that mechanic is kind of, I don't know, made it so our trolls aren't good sometimes, and I don't know. You can buy a gore, make him speed, make a speed 8 and height 3 for 25 points, Bane Chant 2 for 20 or free to replace the fireball because she comes stock with fireball 7, drain life 4 for 20, Heal 2 for 15, Hex 2 for 20, or Blood Boil 1 for 30 points. Since Alpgar came on the scene, like I haven't taken just the stock Godspeaker because Alpgar inspires, so it's kind of like multi-role, and you know she's got a bunch of extra benefits and like a two-for spell that we'll get to, I guess. But um, you can run that the, the Heal Heavy build or the Drain Life build, and sometimes against, like, especially an ensnare-heavy army, like, drain-life-heavy godspeakers, like, three of them, like, just makes them melt. Uh, so if you're fighting Trident Realms a lot, which, you, which I don't know, there weren't, there are not a lot of Trident Realms around. Drain-life works really great against those dudes. You know, getting your a big Bane chant, you know, and making it consistent by having the godspeaker close to your regiments, like, that, that is a perk. But um, I feel like Alpgar has kind of replaced the Godspeaker in my list. And by the time you put a bunch of spells on the Godspeaker and maybe an inspiring item or some other item like a boomstick or something, it gets really expensive. I say I do. I do like the gods, the generic Godspeaker in one particular loadout. And and give me your feedback on it, K2. So I don't know if you've tried it. Yeah. Um, I love taking one Godspeaker with inspiring. Talisman. So now we're 90 points. We throw a blood boil yeah. and free swap to Bane Chant. So for 120 points, I basically have a single support battle mage right in the middle of my lines. I can Bane Chant when I need to. Yeah. And what I find in the few games I've tried it, 
by the time you chew through the units he's bane chanting, Blood Boil is yeah. going to finish. Yeah, I like that. I mean, sometimes I sometimes I end up with like a last ditch fireball, and actually the drain the Blood Boil would be better than that, you know, hail mary fireball because, like you said, you're 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 bane chanting your orcs, and maybe you lose the grind. But whatever is left over of your opponent is really chewed up. So I could see that working with a blood boil. Blood boil. In 20, I, I like it because it sits there. And like I said, your your melee heroes can go off and do melee things. Yep. And sometimes that melee thing fails and, and your melee hero dies. And now you have no inspiring. So it's sort of a almost a conservative play. That's that's interesting. And what, what points is Ulfgar at? Is that more than 120? You save five points by doing that? Hmm. Let me look. Ulfgar is also 120. So you could, in theory, take two casters and have sort of these two almost like battle brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty juicy. That's pretty juicy. We might as well skip to Ulfgar at this point unless Rob says no. <laughs> well, let's just do one more thing. Justin Berg did ask, do you like drain life or heal more on your God speakers? I mean, it kind of depends on what you what you face, right? Like the heal helps you get to the battle, but the drain life uh, it, it kind of pays dividends if you're in the grind. It's a tough one. I I think I've I I lean more towards the heal if I'm doing the God Speaker, unless I'm taking like a lot of God Speakers and then I'm spamming the drain life. My vote is actually neither, but <laughs> <laughs> that's my vote. Yeah. Starts working as soon as you take wounds. Soul drain starts working as soon as you get close enough for it to matter. Um, they they different things like if if you have chaff control, you don't necessarily need soul drain. If if you've got a lot of high defense anvils, like if you're playing the the great the axe legion and the axe hordes, well, heal's amazing. Defense five, don't let it die. But I mean. It's you could just use Bane Chant and then kill your opponent before they can kill you. Aramis Berger asks, which spell and artifacts do you like on your God Speakers? You mentioned the uh, Inspiring Talisman. Is there any other ones you would take? Would, would Conjurer Staff be an all right? I mean, what are some what are some items? Or you just want to keep them cheap? The Amulet of the Fireheart doesn't exist anymore, and that's the problem. It was it was busted. It, it was, was it was. It was it was too good, my opinion. So no, don't bring it back. But that's the one that I liked for the God Speakers. I just feel like by the time you um, and I, it's funny because literally just a couple of weeks ago played a big game, took a ton of casters. I was all excited. I oh, was going to be great, and then I was in the middle of the game. I was like, oh man, I really want to heal this thing, and I want to pain chant. You know, so it's like. Um, you can't have all those things. And then by the time you're done putting all those spells on the dude, he's 110 points. Like I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a foot crudger who can help me win the chaff game and punch something. What needs punched. Um, I feel like, uh, as far as casters go for orcs, it's either Alpgar or pass. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say one, one, one quick thing. One thing. Quick, uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry. One quick thing. If you're doing like mage heavy orcs um, competitively on the clock, it's a lot of little auras and six inch bubbles to keep track of. And you got to be careful. Like it gets it, it, once you start to pare down your magic and just embrace the axe, your play becomes so much quicker. 
There you go. So he asked about yeah. item. Um, if you're going to go heal orc, you better take Shroud of the Saint because it just compounds your already awesomeness. Um, you look at things like 10 points for the Lucky Stick or the Conjurer Staff, or whatever you want to call it. Usually that exists because Bane Chant 2 really sucks when you need to get a Bane Chant. But orcs, you know, if you position your guy well, you know, Bane Chant 5 doesn't suck. Right. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna go caster heavy, it still can't hurt to have a reroll because I have failed Bane Chant five and it sucks. <laughs> take a lucky stick. If you're gonna do heal, take Shroud of the Saint. Boomstick doesn't do much like base lightning bolt three. You're not stacking it with other lightning bolts. So I'd I'd say the caster is sort of naked is naked is best or cheap at least at least cheap because your spells ain't cheap. For the sake of brevity, let's talk about the next two characters and then I'm just gonna ask you guys, would you ever use them? Skulk Marauder on Gore Chariot and the Skulk Stalker. Are these going to see the table? There are no lists right now. <laughs> well, let's move on. We'll move on to everybody's favorite. The Morax Mansplitter, or the uh, Champion of Man, as he should be called. One of the <laughs> greatest, greatest models. Just because you get a giant Berserk Orc, like, why would you not want this? This is what I picture the guy carrying the... The Urukai carrying the bomb under uh, Helm's Deep. The Speed 5, Melee 3-up, Range 4-up, Defense 4-up. Uh, hero. He has six attacks and he is fearless 14 for only 105 points. That comes with Aura Thunderous Charge 1 Berserker, which is all the Morax, Crushing Strength 1, and Wild Charge Deer 3. D3, rather. And just because you can be petty about it, he has a single throwing axe attack, 12 inches on 4 is piercing 1. <laughs> it is It is great. I love taking one of these guys with the sacred horn and having a nine inch thunderous charge aura. Cause that aura works, you know, when you're, you're moving the units and you charge with this wave over here, then run him to the other side and charge with that wave over there. And you have essentially doubled the damage output of all your berserkers. And for 105 points, it's really hard to be upset about getting uh, four hit with crushing one thunderous one on a hero. So he's sweet. Another reason not to take skulk outriders is because for 105 points, you could take a man splitter. Yeah, I, I like the so the thunderous charge one. Sometimes you know you you run over a, a log on your way into combat with your you know and you lose that thunderous charge one. So that would happen. That is to launch like rockets your morax troops off the top of a hill with the man splitter behind them as they crash into something that's defense five or defense six. So I, I do like the man splitter. Um, maybe he will uh, inspire his own kind someday and he'll be really good. But he's, I, I also got to say like when he's nearby a drum, he's dash 16. So even though he's defense four, he becomes like a problem. He's hard to kill. Uh, you gotta, you gotta bring a lot of attacks to put him down. So He's a cool guy. I, I wish he uh, inspired other Morax, and I, I have taken him. And I've never thrown his axe, actually, that I can remember. I can't remember ever getting a hit with it. I think I've thrown it <laughs> twice, but never a hit. I mean, I'd be happy if, if he was 120 and inspired Berserker. I'd pay 15 points for that. Finish finish the damn synergy. Or yeah. give us a formation. Like, give, me, give me a frothy Berserker formation. I'll... I'll wait. Yeah, like there is there is a, sort of a formation with that Skulk Stalker, right? Like where's the where's the formation with the man splitter? That would be sweet. Heaven forbid we buff a good unit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta do Gakamac, because Gakamac is what Skullface usually is played as um, when I'm playing OG Skullface. So crushing strength three is a big deal. 
Fury, individual, mighty, very inspiring, and vicious. Seven attacks, melee two. All right. He's the only 1315 nerve, and he's 230 points, but this guy is like, ah, he's killed so many magical dragons, beasts, and everything for me. He's one of my favorite units. You know, in, in the great halls of Skullface, there's many magical unicorns, dragons, all mounted on the wall. And Gakamax, the reason uh, he's, you know, he's got this 16 uh, inch threat bubble and anything that flies like a beast of nature has got to be clear of, you know, so because he's a he's a nimble individual. He has a lot of points recently and and he won't and he won't he won't take an objective. So <sighs> I did I did kind of use the wing slasher in my list over this guy more recently but I really love that 360 charge, 16 inches, and just, you know, killing all my opponent's, you know, fancy toys. Because hitting on twos is awesome. And then Vicious just to drive it home with Crushing 3. I really like him. And we all I wish Gak I could take Mac. him in all, all lists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the best. If you've ever thought, I want to pay a lot of points to put five wounds anywhere I want every turn, you should buy Gakamak. Until he gets punked, because... He is he is only thirteen fifteen, right? I feel like for two hundred and thirty points he could probably do with another point of nerve, but that's just that's just a niggle. Or just be fearless. I mean who's who's gonna scare away the great Gakamak, right? Why, why well he's got Fury. Fury. Fury's yeah. not to scare. No one's afraid of an arrow. Well a wavered yeah. Gakamak is very sad Gakamak. Man, <laughs> I, I don't I don't ever remember my Gakamak getting wavered when he wasn't punching stuff. Usually he just gets killed because he doesn't have enough nerve. Right to really be an animal. And the thing is, is that you have to play your first 50 games with orcs. It's obligatory. You have to send Gakamak off on the grand adventure where he's like going to die horribly. And then after 50 games of Gakamak dying horribly on some errand, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that and send Gak on adventures. I mean, when it works, it's glorious, right? But most of the time you're just, you're like, oh, he died. Yeah, <laughs> so, he's, so, he's so that's really why... Yeah, he's good behind the line. Is that what you're gonna say? In the line, you got to keep him war drummed, and you gotta you gotta make sure he plays by the rules. Because the the temptation, just like, oh man, that caster over there, I'm gonna go kick the crap out of that guy, <laughs> and because you know you're gonna right. So then he runs off and he kills the thing, and then he gets surged. You know, somebody. You know, next thing you know, the 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 white horde has done. You know, turned 180 degrees and is now surging into Gak, and you know. It's sad because everybody wants to kill him. It's fun to kill Gak. It's fun to kill Gak, and everybody tries to kill him. Not going to bring Great Axe if you're going to play more defensively. I like Gak because you're paying that that point tax to say, I'm doing five wounds, but I'm also very inspiring. So if you want to play like the defense five heal list, Gak is nice because he basically replaces the damage output that you miss in a way. It's, it's not the same. But you're shaving enough points by dropping Great Axe for Axe that you can afford to essentially upgrade a Crudger to Gak and, and still keep some flexible damage output and just be a little more defensive as an army. But I think as a as a dude, he is very expensive to do five wounds. I don't know. My heart is still with Gak and Mac. I know he's not, you know, the 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 min max um, most efficient, you know, unit, but like for to be like the dog behind the fence of your of your you know on you know your your marching orc line all in line and then you've got Gakmak behind 
it just keeps all those beasts of nature honest. But he has a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, I see, I just see 200, 230 points, and, I, and that makes me nervous for a 13-15 Nerva Defense 5, right? You know, even uh, the ogre the ogre character is at least 15-17, right? So it's a little bit more. And 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 he's got the Amputator, which is Blast D3, right? Yeah. You're limited to seven, seven wounds, right? Like, if he had a Blast or something, that might justify a little bit more because there's a little bit more of that gambler aspect where you can throw him in and maybe he's going to give you 20 wounds but um the way he sits i don't know give him dread i'll take that well you know and adam kinney did ask you guys everyone says gakamak is a must why no no uh, he's not because he's yeah. awesome and we he's can't awesome. resist him we, he's awesome because he, he, hits we, on he is awesome and he is so much fun to play with. He brings the fun. Is he the min max choice for beating Keith Randall? No, he is not. You will never beat Keith Randall with Gakamak, but you will have fun running Gakamak. That's why you the, should take him because he's the best. I thought you were going to say you, you, you would have fun beating Keith Randall. No, nobody knows what that's like because he never loses. Only to George O'Connell. Is how cool <laughs> is your Gakamak model? Is it cool enough to bring? Bring Gakamak. Is your model lame? Buy a better model, then bring Gakamak. Yeah, I got I got a cool Gakamak, so I take him more often than not. So yes, yes, you do. This other guy, this uh, Whip the Outcast, hero ca- he's hero cavalry spellcaster one, speed six. If he's cavalry, why is he speed six? Oh, because he's he's the one that's uh, push. He's basically flying, right? Basically shooting stuff in the ground and kind of making himself the original model first ed was on a was a on a cav base so they've cav they've base. kept that up which which is awesome it's very cool i like it defense four unistring zero obviously attacks one level 13 nerve 105 points individual inspiring inspiring orkling only that's interesting so he'll be one of the ones that gets the inspiring now it'll just be not conditional anymore so whip Whips tribal magic for each friendly core. Every you know, we've already talked about this, so uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, he you know spells heal two, hex two, lightning bolt three, weakness two, and then options for twenty five points of veil of shadows. I mean, do you guys play with this guy? Not in my meta, not. but I was I was talking to Todd down in Texas, and he was like, "You should take him because of the hex." And I was like, "I've never taken hex. Like, why do you need hex for? It seems dumb." And he was like, "Not dumb." take it so i i haven't tried it apparently you know todd serpico thinks you should take whip with hex and i haven't tried it out yet now that he inspires my army instead of my orklings Hill of shadows is an answer to a problem that exists for my morax defense mm. for fragile boys hex is an answer that exists to sergi boys and healy boys is he an auto include i don't know but the fact that I have a named caster who can give me uh, a cloak of anti-Keith Randall and anti-Jeff O'Neill and Tim's Goblins and all those guys is is something to really consider now. But before the inspiring buff, no, I think I think Whip sits on the shelf all, all day. I, I take him in big games, and he always lets me down. It's a cool model, though. Yes. It is a very cool model. Alfgar the Beautiful. I feel like this. the fact that she comes with inspiring is is like 90% of it for me. What I really like is um, just like that twofer. Like I, it's not often that I feel like you get uh, a two for one in Kings of War and especially orcs. So here we got one because the magic of the bloody knife, right? For every successful Bane chant, 
result you get. You also get Life Leech 1 for it. So you and and she also gets the the tribal magic so she can boost her spells. So you can throw throw like a Bane Chant 5 or a Bane Chant 6. So you're probably going to get Life Leech 3. And sometimes that helps my Great Axe Horde kill a second big unit in a game. Not always, but, you know, sometimes. Because, actually, I like bane-chanting the Great Axe with Ulfgar. Um, especially if I run into anything Defense 6, obviously. But even Defense 5, like, that kills him dead. Like, Ulfgar plus Great Axe equals like anything in the game dead and i'll get a, a few wounds back for it um which they may have taken from shooting you know a rock or something so it's it's got that um you know it, it kind of lowers the morale of my opponent to at the end of it just you know put some more wounds you know take some wounds away off my great axe horde that's uh hopefully doing a lot of damage to him so that's why i like alpgar um she is 120 points um but inspires the whole army um she's got fireball seven and bane chant three stock and you know the fireball comes in handy too late game when like you need that hail mary um but really it's that it's that two for one plus inspiring that i really like her for 120 points and she's the only god speaker i take so my old is pretty fast because the only experience i have with her at all is Billy Capgun runs Ulpgar and a shaman or an orc shaman with Shroud of the Saint. And he yeah. bait one unit with Shroud of the Saint, Heal, and Ulpgar. And I did not appreciate how freaking hard it would be to kill a Morax regiment war drummed with Shroud of the Saint and Life Leech 3. And how efficiently they would kill my stuff by always being bane chanted and not dying and not wavering. So there's there's an argument to be made for that style too, because I I just could not kill his flank and two regiments basically stuck my entire army because I I couldn't kill him enough heal went out enough life leaves went out and crushing two morax just don't lose so my only experience is having her do horrible things to my uh, emotional stability for an entire game and and did I hear it's confirmed that she's she's coming back like in the new Clash of Canes I think Kyle said that these heroes are gonna I would assume that all the characters from from the Helpies Rift book will be back, and then all the armies that didn't have a, a, a character in that book will get, we'll get one. They're going to get one. Yeah, okay, good. That's kind of all the units. Now let's just spend a few minutes talking about how you play this army effectively. Uh, we did get a question from Keith Conroy. His, his question, he's got two of them. What are the best unlock options for orcs? And the second question, do you find the disparity between all the hero and limited monster titan options for orcs an issue when building lists? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I like to unlock with uh, hordes of heavy infantry uh, or usually right, either, you know, more axe regiments or, well, I mean, that's at the high high competitive levels. You know, for uh, for casual play, you unlock with anything. There's all the choices. There's really not that many bad choices, cavalry, heavy infantry, whatever. Um, that's, you know. That's that's how it's done. But yeah, uh, the disparity between all the hero and limited monster titan options for orcs is totally an is totally an uh an issue. And hopefully this uh next cock will give us uh some new monsters that we can play with. Uh hopefully something on a fifty or something that we can because the orcs have a very, very unusual geometry and that there's nothing smaller than five inches basically frontage and we're always looking to uh ways to make you know, 
put more more damage, more attacks per square inch, right? That's your that's your limiting factor. So, so we yeah, got that, we got that troll bruiser though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my two cents. What do you what do you guys think? If you're gonna play MSU, then your unlocks really need to come from more axe regiments. There's in the world of MSU orcs, you're either playing gore riders or you're playing more axe regiments. And when you talk about the disparity, MSU is where it's felt the most, right? Other armies, I can play regiment gets a monster, regiment gets a hero, regiment gets a monster, regiment gets a hero. In the orcs, I'm going, all right, I bought my two war drums for my two battle groups. I bought my two sources of inspiring and my two sources of support. I have completed my unlock journey because there's nothing else that I desire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. From a competitive standpoint, from a casual standpoint, go ape. Right. Have a bunch of young ass regiments running around the board, basically playing the rabble regiment game of haha, I'm over here and I'm cheap and you have to answer it. But uh, it's really hard to just say, why don't you build great axe swords? You don't have incentive to be MSU. So I I feel the disparity. But if you're going to do MSU, you unlock with more X regiments. And in my opinion, there's just the other regiments don't do it for me. Yeah, I agree on all counts. More X or great axe depends on what you want to play. But the great axe, you get really good at figuring out, like like Kyle said, you get your two war drums done, and then you need to get your inspiring. And that's either coming from a couple of other regiments or, you know, the great axe hordes to get, you know, your two first. You know, your one monster, one hero. Um, trying to fit in a dragon and everything else in a competitive list, it gets really hard. Well, at the beginning of this thing, we, we answered a question about, hey, is there more builds than just the smash face build building on that, you know, what makes an effective army of orcs? I don't think, I think the, if for competitive, if you in third, you need to kill, you need to kill your enemy because you can't sit around and try to out heal or, uh, or win a long-term grind or anything like that. You need to just, the, the dead things can't hurt you. So yeah, I think in third for competitive, you absolutely need to focus on how you're going to kill that, uh, dash 17 nerve thing before it can hit hurt hit your big hordes and hurt you um what weaknesses do orcs have really they can only play one way right you can't um i mean you can try to uh, at least competitively they can really only play one way you're gonna have to close their melee because you don't have any shooting and uh you know uh, spamming magic is not what it was in second right uh so so you pretty much you're you're committed to trying to uh, murder your enemy before they murder you and then be cagey enough to eke out a win yeah i i kind of lack the the latter part of the caginess like at, at masters like i i won one game and got a draw and i always like decimated my opponent but like there was always one little dude with all the tokens or you know whatever so you got to I don't know. You got to kill him, but you also have to, in the back of your mind, play the scenario. I'm working on that. But in a practice game against Keith Conroy, I did beat him with my list. I don't know what that that doesn't count for much, but you got to kill your enemy. Good win for you. Yeah. We sort of already already covered it. I'm convinced that there's there's a metric to the MSU Berserker play style, and it's about striking the right balance, right? Is it actually six? Regiment, six troops. Is it four regiments and a bunch of orklings supporting like some trolls on the flank? I, I don't know, but uh, I don't think orcs are done exploring their playstyle. Because if we look at what we really have, we have Eric Trowbridge's U.S. Masters list, which sort of thrived at the beginning of third on the idea of layered chaff, layered combat. 
if we look at what we saw at Masters this year, the lists were a lot more rounded. There was a lot more balance, a lot more structure, a lot more answers to a list like Eric's. Um, and now we look at K2, and Eric and me both like K2's list a little more than Eric's list because he's got that dragon, he's got some tools, it's just nasty. But it's it's a an evolution of that rank rank and file fork and smash. And I don't know that we have enough reps like we talked about, right? There's what two handfuls of players for orcs really at the, the competitive scene. So for me, I don't know that orcs have really been explored all the way. And I'm happy to be the guinea pig to just waste hundreds of games trying to make uh, MSU berserkers work. I want it to work, Kyle. I want it to work. It I'm going to I'm going to continue to play my list for the rest of the year, like at all the GTs. Because, you know, I, I killed a lot of Masters, but I just didn't win the game. So now i got to yeah. work on the game. Uh, I'm going to keep painting through my, my Berserker yeah. list and keep throwing it. I think the Berserkers are going to struggle with efficient shooting. That's the game that I lost at this year's Masters was to a fantastic game. Uh, was my favorite game of the tournament. Um, actually, that's not true. Tom Annis was also a fantastic game. But uh, I lost to John Vanass, uh, and he had a an exquisitely balanced abyssal list with some efficient shooting and some speed and uh really was uh, was a hard 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 to work with or hard to work against and uh i think that you're uh, i think that the msu uh morax are gonna have the same kind of issues well, um anything that hits on a four up is gonna have a field day against that i ran i ran my morax list against like john venace or venas is in my meta like i always play him and he's got a lot of he's got a lot of reps against orcs unlike other players at masters but you're right that list did mess up my morax heavy army list and um got me on the the great axe horde and the orkling train um seemed to do a bit better but he's a good player too <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a delightful opponent. Also, he was yeah. we had a great time. Well, John Guns asks, "What weaknesses do orcs have, and are there ways of overcoming these weaknesses through the use of allies? Which allies might be effective?" So, just talk to me. Do you guys, do you guys take allies? Do you need them? I've taken abyssals only for fluff reasons because you know Skullface going back and forth from the abyss every time he dies. So I've had Skullface be an archfiend and had a flame bearer unit. And that was fun, but otherwise, like I, I, I would lean towards like goblins, um, even though that's like the most vanilla option for an orc ally. But you know, I don't always take allies, but when I do, they're usually goblins. I would say there's there's an interesting value in forces of nature to have a speedy flank, like uh, a centaur regiment, a beast of nature, and a centaur chieftain um, is an idea. But the other the other thing to look at is undead have some tools that are awfully sexy. For example, a Soul Reaver regiment is just a great axe horde that's really tiny and it can do things that you can't do. But do you really want that? Like, is that value there? So I, th I think if I had to take allies like genuinely, you said, hey, this is a tournament, but we're playing allies. What are you going to bring for orcs? Because um, I don't think they need it. I, I think my answer would be... Um, a defense six option, whether it's just two obsidian golems supported by a caster just to sit and be a anvil or siege breakers or goblins, right? You take a you take a single rabble regiment that unlocks a mincer regiment and a commander. You still have tons of points left over, so you take another rabble regiment and that unlocks another mincer troop and a mincer, and you're like five hundred and 
50 points or, or give or take somewhere in that family. You just want some defense sticks, especially if you're going to do the great act stuff. You got a lot of defense four in the work army and having something defense six is cute. But I, I don't think orcs need allies because they're, they're doing one thing and they're doing it really well. I don't like allies. Well, let's talk about magical artifacts. We talked a little bit about some different ones and different units, but are there any specific ones you always take? I mean, like Shroud of the Saint on the Healing God Speaker, that's like a classic. Um, I like I like <laughs> I like Meat of Madness on my Red Banner Crudger, and you know, uh, you know, Brutal on the Wing Slasher, I thought was good. You know, just just to give you that little extra punch. But I really think like the the major ones are like the you know the movement ones to keep because you are going to encounter terrain with that huge footprint. But strength on fight wagons or something like you might. But I keep it pretty. I keep the the items low. Yeah, I like the I like the five point items uh, on critical personnel. I like the if I'm God speakering, definitely I'm gonna have the shroud of the saint, lucky stick, and probably an inspiring talisman. Um, Pathfinder is key for heavy infantry hordes just for deployment because you've got to somebody's got to be able to double time through terrain. Uh, if you're if I'm running a bunch of heavy infantry, that's about all I got. Loot loot on the flagger. If I'm taking a flagger, he's got to have the loot. Banchant, everybody knows Banchant 2 never fails. It's an interesting because Skullpole really takes the place of a magic item on a lot of units. Not that it, you know, takes up the slot, but Skullpole is just a five-point item that every army would take if they had the option. So yeah. if I'm going to be going to magic items, if I got six units that can take Skullpole, I'm taking probably four to six Skullpoles. So that eats sort of that brew of strength slot or the elite slot so if you're taking big guys i agree right you need the pathfinder and j or at least one of the two if you're looking at magic items i think you should first look at have i sculpted myself yeah for for sure well this concludes the first part of our orc army review stay tuned to part two we will be covering various army lists at different point levels we'll be dissecting those lists and talking about how you play them and we'll talk about matchups and scenario play and all kinds of great information to make you an awesome orc general so until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.